2024 people yes january 1st 2024 it is the new year wishing you all the best we are sports take i am rob ellis that is tone to shields tone i had to start there and i want to wish you uh a very very happy new year as well because i i sense today we may struggle to find a lot of positivity so i think it's good to come out of the shoot <laughs> saying happy new year to everybody how you doing my man well, look, you know, I, I think there's plenty of positivity to find. I mean, at, at least for myself, right? I mean, you know, my birthday was yesterday. I feel good. Oh, um, happy birthday, buddy. You know, it's a beautiful day down here where I am. Um, as far as the Philadelphia Eagles go, I mean, their New Year didn't really turn out too well, right? I mean, you blew a 15-point lead to an inferior team, but what else is new, right? What yeah. else is new? Yeah, they've been trying to tell us, and we didn't want to believe it. Yes, uh, what's up, everybody? Godfrey, Tyler. Real Bell, James, Matthew, Bruce, uh, Fat Falk. There you go. Uh, Eagles fan. Uh, over four decades, an Eagles fan. Nancy, Philly 07, Mo, King of Philly. Matt Kevin, Bruce Solvain. Uh, who else do we have here? Mamba. Hope you guys are well. Pedro, what's up? What's up? Hope everybody's good. Uh, if I missed anybody, my apologies. But yeah, man, it was. Um, you know, they, they escaped the week before against the Giants in a very in very similar fashion. They were leading 20 to three in that game. This game yesterday was 21 to six. And you're saying to yourself, all right, well, they can't they probably learn from last year or last week. They had to learn their lesson. There's no way that they're going to blow another lead to a team that had won three games uh, going into this. that had dropped four of five that was ranked, you know, in the bottom in every really meaningful statistical category. On top of it, even if you get away from what the Cardinals aren't, how about what the Eagles had in play? When the game started, you still had a shot at the number one overall seed. You had a very uh -huh. good chance at winning your division. You had a very good chance of being the number two seed. And you had a chance to put together three straight wins to gather momentum as you headed into the playoffs. And in each and every one of those categories, you failed miserably yesterday. They, The other team wanted it more than you did. They out-physicaled you, uh, they out-hearted you, and you got exactly what you deserved. Yeah, I couldn't. I really couldn't agree with you more. When, when you look at this football team, you see a team who's listless. They have no identity, no direction. And here's the thing: well, you know, we're going to break down both sides of the ball, but you know, just from a you know from a glance, right? Just over, the overarching overarching opinion, I don't think. 
the offense played a terrible game. I believe the offense, for the most part, took advantage of the opportunities except for that final drive after the onside kick where Jonathan Gannon basically gifted you the game. Yep. He gift, he basically gifted you the game with the, with the bow. He gave you a post-Christmas gift. He gave you a New Year's gift. Huh. Here's the ball at the 50-yard line. Just go on and win the game. Yep. He gave it to you, and you found a way to go – First and 20 quarterback draw, second and 16 quarterback draw, third and 19 bubble screen the game will, fourth and 15 field goal. Right then and there, yep. you lose the game. Mm-hmm. And your your defense, defense couldn't get any stops. You, you, you exactly. knew if, you gave, if they got the ball back that it was over. I think Gannon may have done it on purpose, knowing that, it, you know, all right, give them a short field. They're going to score here. It's not going to take a lot of time. We're going to get the ball back, and I know my offense can score against this defense. He may have been playing, playing chess when the Eagles were playing checkers. You know, I would love to give him as much credit as possible for choosing the onside kick there. But onside kicking there basically said that he had no respect for what the Philadelphia Eagles were going to throw at him. He trusted his offense enough yep. to kick an onside kick. And he trusted his defense enough to get a stop to limit them to a field goal. Both so sides of the ball, it showed you that's what it showed com- zero trust. Yeah, exactly. That's what it comes down to. He showed that he trusted these players in these unique situations. Yeah. Right? And the Cardinals delivered and the Philadelphia Eagles did. And, you know, you know, Nick Sirianni, he, he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a nice guy, but I don't really see where things get better from him for him going forward. I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing it. I think the players don't believe in the message anymore. I think the players don't believe in what they're doing anymore. The moment they ran that, uh, the moment they ran that sequence of plays right at the end of the game, draw, draw, bubble screen. A.J. Brown's frustration was coming through the damn screen, right? And for me, we've kind of been giving A.J. Brown a lot of hell the past few weeks because of how he's handled his frustration. Fair enough, right? But can we blame him? No. Can we blame Tone, I, I've Brown? I've moved on this. I'll, I'll tell you where I'm at. I think what he's trying to do is trying not to pour gasoline on the fire. Uh when he says he has nothing nice to say, believe him. When he said the other day that the issues aren't directed at you, meaning the media, right? he's trying to tell you, I'm not happy with the direction of the offense, with the play calling, with any of this. And if I say anything more, it's going to make it worse. So I, I actually, I think in a, in a weird way, he's trying to do the right thing here by not talking. That's what I believe. Right. Because again, you know the me- the media are going to ask the questions as they should, right? And how how much can you lie, right? See, I see. see the, 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 there there are, there are some people in life who are just good liars. You know, they're good at putting on a face, or oh, they're yeah. good at just oh yeah. You know, they're good. You know, they're good at just saying exactly what needs to be said, right? And you know, there's you know there's a skill in that. Oh, you yeah. know, there's some and there are some guys who are just look. My frustrations are so. Are so, are so hot right now. I, I, it's probably better if I don't say anything, right. right? And some may say, well, you're kind of bringing more attention to yourself when you do that. Well, one, one can argue, but this is the be- this is as bad as it can get. All I, all I can leave you with is speculation of why I'm not talking. But for the most part, I think it I think it goes without saying why I'm not talking because he has nothing positive, nothing optimistic to say mm-hmm. about what they're doing on offense right now. But defensively, my God, you gave up. Over 200 rushing yards, over 200 rushing yards to the Cardinals, who, as a team, are not good. 
but they've shown an ability to be able to run the ball. They 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 know they can run the ball, and they ran the ball on you. What, what, what was it? They this defense is historically bad. They gave up 32 first downs. They allowed Arizona to go five for ten on third down. Uh, allowed Arizona to run 72 offensive plays. Put up 221 rushing yards on 40 attempts. They had six reds on opportunities and, and converted on four. And they possessed the ball for 39 minutes and 39 seconds. The Eagles were dominated in this game. Mm-hmm. Now, they had limited opportunities because, you know, the pick six and, um, you know, the, the, the Cardinals were sustaining drive. So the offense really didn't have that many opportunities on the field. But for the most part, I think they scored on all they scored on all their reds and opportunities. I think they had a couple drives. That they punted on the first drive in the first quarter. And then yeah. they punted on their first drive in the third quarter. But – the quarter was pretty much gone at that point. You know, the, the Cardinals, the Cardinals killed so much of that clock. And then they didn't convert, uh, you know, the first and 20 second and, you know, things like that. So they really didn't have that many opportunities on offense yet. They still put up 31 points. 31 points should be enough to beat the Cardinals, right, Rob? It should be. Yeah, it should be. I, I mean, look, and, and seven of those was, was Sidney Brown and the other three was a gift on the, on the onside kick, but it was, this wasn't in for me, the, the issue I had with the offense was the horrible play calling on the sequence, the series after the onside kick. That was my issue yes, with the offense. That was my biggest issue with the offense. But this is a defensive problem. And, yes. you know, yes. I, I don't know if you remember, Tony. It was about six weeks ago. I said, you know what? Maybe it's we, – we kept trying to figure out, well, why isn't this working defensively? And I said, maybe they just aren't good. Maybe they're a bad defense, as much as we don't want to admit. They're an awful defense. They're not bad. They're terrible. Um, they're terrible. And to to have they allow the other team to score on four consecutive drives, to have drives of 64, 59, 75, 77, 77, and 70, means you can't get off the field. And, you know, this is not – this didn't just start. The other thing is you're getting killed on the ground. You're getting killed on the air in terms of conversions. They're terrible. And you can put Matt Patricia out there. You put Sean Desai out there. You put anybody you want out there. It doesn't matter. You're getting uninspired play from the defensive line, the defensive line that's loaded with first rounders and money guys who are doing nothing, nothing. Okay. They got one sack yesterday. They got one the week before against the giants. They're doing nothing in the, in the passing game and they're getting killed in the running game. You realize tone over the last six weeks, they're allowing 153 yards per game on the ground, almost five yards per carry. So, there's nothing they do well. Yes, they had a takeaway yesterday, and that was almost miraculous. They don't take the ball away. They don't stop the run. They don't stop the pass. They don't sack the quarterback. They don't do anything well. They're bad across the board defensively. Look, this was a long time coming. We kept saying, yeah, they're winning, but. And there were a lot of people that were like, you guys are in greats. Just enjoy it. Uh, you don't get it. You're being too critical. People got butt hurt when I said they were going to lose to the 49ers. Can you imagine? So mm. that's what was going on. Meanwhile, we were looking at it, and I'm not doing like a pat on the back thing. I'm just, you know, we all had high hopes for this. But, yeah. you know, you were looking at it, and you were saying to yourself, man, they can't keep turning the ball over and winning. They can't keep not being able to get off the field on third down and keep winning. They can't keep doing this, that, and the third and keep winning. And when they started playing the good teams, it got exposed. And now the problem is, Tone, it's carried over from the Niners and the Cowboys and, you know, whoever else, whatever, Seattle. It's carried out of that now into the bad teams. And you survived the Giants last week. 
in a game that you probably could have lost. And you lose this game to a Cardinals team who had nothing to play for. These the, these guys were 3-12, and 12, and they were down 21-6 to six at the half, where most of the time that team just packs it in. And you couldn't even handle that. You couldn't even put that team that was begging. They were like a boxer, like, hit me on the chin. Go ahead. My arms aren't even up. And you couldn't even do that. Terrible. That's why I feel like their problems go beyond just execution, go beyond just personnel. This is a this is a culture oh, issue. It's a it's a culture issue. It's a coaching failure, failure across the board. It it but it all starts. If you're Nick Sirianni and you're not going to be calling plays and you're going to devote yourself to uh uh CEO and delegating and connecting and all the stuff that he talks about, you're failing miserably. They're not miserably at running your company. If, if, yeah. if that's how you want to label yourself as a CEO coach, the guy who just kind of has his hands on everything, you're failing. That actually is more of an indictment on you than anything. Big time. They're not listening to you. Uh, whatever's being taught during the week is not good enough. Here's the other thing, Tom. When you go in at halftime the last two weeks and you're playing garbage, you're playing the Giants and the Cardinals, you've been outscored 30 to nothing in the third quarter. So you're telling me, that those teams are going in and making the adjustments that you can't figure out how to make, like to that degree, 30 to nothing. Mm-hmm. So you're getting smoked. To the Giants and Cardinals, by the yeah. way. Your message isn't hitting during the week, and whatever you're doing at halftime sure as heck isn't hitting either. So these teams are coming out and bludgeoning you in the third quarter, and all of a sudden games that were, were that looked like they were going to be runaways, mm-hmm. either that team has tied you or surpassed you or they're right back in it. And you're like, whoa, what happened? You know, we were just up. Well. That's what happened. They and, don't and believe it, in this bad. man. No, they don't. They don't trust. They, they don't. They don't trust this man. They don't. And you can see it. You can feel it. I was watching some of the press conferences, and you know, BG's trying to stay optimistic, and you know, Kelsey just looks fed up. Yeah, he does. He sounds. He's having a he hard looks, time, man. He's having. He's having, having a hard. Ha- he's having a hard time trying to yep. keep his. You know, and, and that's what I'm talking about, right? AJ Brown can't do what Kelsey's doing right now. He can't do it. Nope. You know, he he can't. No, I mean, like some guys, and, and you see Kelsey hanging on by a thread. Yeah, right? he's this. Hassan close. has no. Hassan is like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. All he his his entire press. I've never seen him say I don't know so much in a press conference. He just, he just look. He just has no answers. I agree with you. You know what I, I mean? Yeah, and what you have is some guys are still trying to toe the party line and be PC, and I give them credit. BG and Kelsey are those guys. Their their leaders are trying to do it. Some guys can't. And I think A.J. Brown knows better of himself that he won't be able to just say, yeah, you know what, we just have to execute and give you some, you know, cliched answer. I think he knows he'll explode and he's trying, he's being quiet. That's what I I, I think, honestly, like that's, that's what he's doing. Like, I think he's, he knows himself better than, than anybody else does. And he's like, dude, I just got to shut up because I'm going to go bananas. He could be doing, he could be doing sit-ups in the driveway. Right, he could be he could be out here going crazy on other platforms. He look, this is not a To situation. No, you know he could To probably would handle this a lot differently. You know, and I and I'm a To guy. I love To. Yep. Um, you know th- this team just when when you put yourself in a position like the Philadelphia Eagles have, you start off ten and one, right, and then you go on this crazy losing streak, and Again, we had no problem with you losing to those teams, right? We had no problem losing. Well, we had a problem with you losing to the Cardinals and the Seahawks, definitely. Yep. But losing to the Cowboys and the Niners, okay, it happens. They're a great team. 
but how you lost, the way you looked. You know what I mean? Ever since the bye week, this team has just been on a steady decline. You can make an argument. They've been on they prior to the bye, they were up and down. After the bye, they've just been steadily getting mm-hmm. worse and worse and worse in everything that they do. Mm-hmm. And that tells me strictly, in my opinion, I take that as whatever's being taught, whatever's being conveyed, whatever these guys were told to do, it's beginning to lose its relevance to these players. And when you lose your locker room, it doesn't matter how talented you are. The product is never going to match the investment. And, you know, I was listening to Jeff Curtis morning on Birds 365, and yep. he – he basically said he has a hard time figuring out how you bring back any of this coaching staff. That's how bad it looks right now. I think like, that's where we got. Like, yeah. like, 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 let me ask you this, Rob. Are they yeah. at are they at a point of no return with this coaching staff? Here, I mean, where, Nick Sirianni and on down. Yeah, here, here's what I think happens, Tone. I, I, I give, I'm going to answer it uh, a two part. Okay, if you're asking me right now, I think Nick is back. That's right now. I don't know what next week looks like against the Giants. I don't know what happens in the playoffs. But if you're asking me right now, I think he survives. I, I think I think having one, gotten to a Super Bowl last year buys him, buys him a mess that's this year. That's just my opinion. However, however, I know for a fact that Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman and others that operate in that front office uh, have very little patience. And, and I don't mean that in that they're knee jerk. I just mean when they think, when they're convinced in their own mind, if they have the conviction that, that X, Y, or Z is not going to take us any further, they're not afraid to do something that may be unpopular or out of the box that, that may, that you may look like it as an extreme. Think about but, this. Doug, but, what Doug is, Peterson, but what is he showing you that deserves, he can, that proves he can take you beyond where he's taking you? Well, I, I so I think a couple things. One, there was whoever had final say, and I, I'm a firm believer that Howie and Jeffrey have final say on these things. All right. But hiring Sean Desai and and doing like a, a safety net thing with Matt Patricia was a bad idea from, from the jump. It, it reeks to me like you didn't believe in Sean Desai. That's what it we, reeks to we, me. We like. spoke about this in the offseason. Yeah. Like when you bring a guy like that in, to me, the my, my instant reaction was, oh, you're hedging your bet. Right, right. And then so, now it's shown that at this point, See, here's the funny thing. This this team, this organization thought that they were covering themselves by demoting Sean Desai and elevating Matt Patricia. But all it did was actually expose what the real issue is. And that right. was the personnel. And that actually put the lens back on Howie and those guys. So so them playing them, them trying to play damage control actually, in my opinion, um, had a greater aftermath than just keeping Sean Desai in the building doing his job as he was. I agree. I agree. But so what, what I'm driving at is maybe maybe there's recognition by Howie and Jeffrey that we made a mistake and maybe Howie reflects on, I, I didn't do enough on the defensive side of the ball, whatever. I, I don't know. I think that could help Desai. I mean, excuse me, help Gannon. Jesus, help Sirianni. Sorry. Uh, one out of three ain't bad. But, 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 but how, how can that help Sirianni? It, well, it, it helps them. It helps him because they're the ones who screwed this up with a, with a, a guy who wasn't up to speed as a defensive coordinator. They're the ones who let TJ Edwards and CJ GJ walk, and they uh-huh. don't have enough on that side of the ball. Now, there's a flip side to that. The flip side is, man, we have a defensive line 
that should not have 41 sacks when they had 70 last year. That's just utterly not good enough. We should have an offense that's a top three offense that doesn't look stale and played out. And that's your side of the ball, Nick. And that's where I'm going. Yeah, this and- side of the ball is see at least at least with the defensive side, we can say, okay, Nick is an offensive guy. They don't have the talent over there. Okay, maybe I can't look at Nick for the defense, right? Even yep. though he is playing the CEO coach role, maybe I maybe I won't kill him for the defense specifically, right? Yeah. But for as far as the offense goes, to have that amount of talent and continue to underdeliver to continue to underdeliver with that level of talent, that that caliber of quarterback, receiver, tight end, running back, offensive line to underachieve to this level, yeah, that's the most blasphemous part about this. At the very least. Be good at be good at your side of the ball when you're a head coach. Yeah, make sure I, I, make, make sure your side of the ball is never the issue. And this is where the rubber meets the road for Nick Sirianni. Um, I personally have a hard time believing there's anything to come out of this um, positive, you know, from him at the very least. Yeah, I, I think the other here's the other part of this thing. Um, this is the the most I think the the most damning thing when it, for for Nick's case. The most damning thing for Nick's case is. You've had leaks. You've had guys unhappy. You've had things coming out in the press really all year, even when they were winning. And now it looks like you have a team that that just flat out has tuned you out. If you're not going to be a Sean McVay wizard with X's and O's, you better be a guy who connects and gets them to buy in. And they haven't bought in one friggin' bit. So How can that, you buy in third well, quarterback draw, quarterback draw, bubble screen? Mm-hmm. That's the best you could come up with. And that's in that situation, you have an opportunity to put the game away and quarterback draw, quarterback draw, bubble screen. That's the best you can come up with. How many times, Robin? I'm sorry if I'm over over talking you, but the frustration is mounting. How many times do we have to see that sequence? How many times have we seen that sequence, Rob? Well, too many. The answer is too many. And here's the other part. He, at one point, explaining that away, mentioned the wind down there. The wind. Give me a break. Give me a break. I don't care that it was fourth and 20, man. You got to try and take – you got A.J. Brown. You got Devontae Smith. You have Dallas Goddard. And you're running a screen – for Kenneth Gainwell, that that your lead block, one of your lead blockers is Devontae Smith, who got hurt, who on then the gets play. hurt on the play, leaves the place in a boot and crutches, and we're waiting to hear on an MRI. You may have you may have damaged this guy and lost him for the postseason. It is beyond malpractice that play. Take a shot. Look, everybody under you take a shot with with, with AJ or Devontae, and you don't get it. Okay, it was third and twenty. Okay, I'll live with that. I, a, a, a freaking screen to Kenneth Gainwell, your fourth or fifth best option. I can run through three guys. I can go AJ Brown. I can go Devontae. I can go Dallas Goddard. I'll go Swift before I, I'm getting to Kenneth Gainwell. Exactly. And exactly. yet, out of a timeout tone, you ran out of a, out of the time. I'm so glad you said that. You you couldn't even get the play in on time. Right. We are in week 17. Exactly. And you have guys on the sideline not knowing if they're in the right personnel packaging or the right personnel grouping. Yeah. Like Grant Cocatera or was it Jack Stoll and Julio Jones? They were on, they were like total confusion. 
Total well, confusion. Utter, utterly confused. A little confusion. And it wasn't one of them. It was multiple guys, which tells you it wasn't one guy who just didn't know the play. No. Who's a right, right, no, right, 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 right. This, this is more dudes. than one. Yeah, it's multiple guys. So the other, the other part of that is, so he keeps hitting you, us, and I get it. He's out of answer, so he's just throwing anything he can throw against the wall. I get it, but he's still rolling out the, you know, uh, yeah, we got to keep working on these things, dude. It's week seventeen. He felt like they were being aggressive, Rob. Right. What's he being, like, what's, if we're still correcting this kind of crap in week 17, I don't know what else to say. They have no identity. No. Like, 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 let's, let, let's be frank about this. Nick Sirianni goes in his press conference and says, you know, you know, we have to find a way to stick together. Yeah. We have to find a way to stick together. Right. Your answer to these issues is kumbaya. Really? Because when I look at this football team, I see, I see a team that doesn't trust you, doesn't believe in you, and they've lost all faith in what you're teaching, what you're preaching. Mm-hmm. Nick Sirianni, please. You called a, your game plan yeah. coordinated for quarterback draw, quarterback draw, bubble screen, field goal. Meanwhile, you knew damn well your defense couldn't stop a slow leak. Correct. Couldn't stop a soul leaking. You, you had to get that- seven, not three. If you get three, no. you lose. You, you it's realize, the same as getting nothing. Do you realize in these past three games, they've put the defense in a position to have to win the game? Yeah. Seahawks, you had your defense on the field last to try to win 92 that game. yards, uh, Drew Locke. You, let the, you, you put them in a situation, they get drove. They get driven 92 yards. Um, against the Giants, you put them in a position where defense had to step up and make a play. They were moving the ball, by the way. Only, right. only thing against them was the clock. They would have probably scored a touchdown if you give them another 30 seconds. Absolutely. Giants Giants basically run out of time. And then you put the ball in Kyler Murray's hands again mm-hmm. and put the ball, you know, and forces and force your defense to have to make a play when they haven't been able to make a play all day. Where's the situational awareness, Nick? It's – Rob? I know. So. I'm, Look, I, I, here's what I'm telling you, I'm man. completely don't, don't, emotionally don't. unplugged from this – Team. No, I get it. I get it. And, and don't get me wrong. Here's what I'm saying. If you're asking me, you're asking me today, January 1st, I think he's back, right? That's what I'm telling you. However, there are caveats to this, man. They come out and lay down next week and lay down against Tampa, or who, who it's likely going to be Tampa, but wh- whoever they end up getting in the first round, then it changes big time. Then this thing changes because, look, man, not only is this an awful, embarrassing, disgraceful way to close your season, you know how much money you took out of the owner's pocket by not having two playoff games? Mm-hmm. If you get the two seed, right? I'm assuming the Eagles beat Seattle at home. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming, you know, they they at least get what at least one more game before you have to go to San Fran. There's a lot of revenue that just walked out that door. There's a lot of a lot of revenue to say the least. And that's not why you make every decision. I but get that's it. a good, that's, that's a relevant point yeah. though. But, but it if all you think that's, that's lost on, on Jeffrey Lurie's bottom line. Think again, it's not. Okay. So that's a major, major problem. And I truly believe this. When they look at that offense with Jalen hurts, who was a runner up MVP with AJ Brown, who was on pace for, for a minute for 2000 yards, Devonte Smith. Think about this, Tom. You have a 4,000-yard passer, 2,000-yard receivers, and a 1,000-yard rusher. And it looks like what it's looked like for most of this year. 
Like that's the, and that's your side of the ball, right? You're not a defensive guru. That's Which your, is, that's your, and you want to tell us last week, Hey, don't yell at Brian Johnson. Look right here. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. So I'm you looking know, at you. You know, so, you know, what's so sad about it too. Guys have gotten fired in this city and they've accomplished more than Nick Sirianni. Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl in 2018, the 2017 season, but he won it in the, in 2018. Um, how many years? How many additional years did that buy him in the season? So, so what, what, he, what, two more years. He won it in 17, and he was out after the 20 season. So he had 18, 19, 20. He got three years. And think about this tone. Went to the playoffs in 18 and won a playoff game on the road. And if if the ball had not gone through Alshon's hands, who knows what happens in New Orleans, right? Right. 19, uh, you get 19, a playoff. 19, right, got the loss. But maybe Carson gets knocked out right away on that clowny hit. Whatever. We all know what right. happened. We know the history. But he got his teams to two playoff appearances after that. And by the third – after that third season was gone. So right. it's not And a again, crazy, he won a Super Bowl. So if a Super, Super Bowl, Bowl – if a Super Bowl buys – if a Super Bowl bought – Doug Peterson, three seasons. How many seasons has a Super Bowl appearance just bought right. Nick yeah. Sirianni? Yeah. Not, can't be much longer. No. It's can't why, be much longer. It's, it's why this isn't crazy talk. This isn't Monday morning quarterbacking going over the top talk. When, when it looks like it's looked all year, and I know it, it, it's to anybody who hasn't watched this, they're probably looking at it from the outside saying this team won 11 games, give me a break. But I will. Uh, my answer to that, my response to that is, go back and watch every game, and go and watch what's happening now. Because the, you know what it was, you, you know, you had the, uh, you had the tidal waves banging against the dam, right? You can mm-hmm. see the dam's moving, and it's there's there's little cracks, and I can't believe it's not coming out yet. And then all of a sudden, and once that hit, man, it was the flood was on, and, and we're we're flooded right now. They're drowning. They're yeah. drowning, and the number one seed, and I'll end it with this: um, the number one seed is officially gone, and the division can very well be gone as well. Because all now, Dallas has to do is beat Washington for, and they're and they're going to they're going to beat Washington. They're beating Washington. They're beating Washington. You 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 squabbled every opportunity that that the Dallas Cowboys are giving you. Um, they gave you the division, and you basically said, "Nah, not this year for us, you guys. You take it." So, look, man, I, I have zero trust in this Philadelphia Eagles team as it stands today. Um, I have a hard time seeing that change um, under Nick Sirianni's leadership. So, um, yeah, they're in the playoffs, but for what? You know, just to show up for a good time? Yeah. Miss me with that. And the, the, it, it's just, the, again, if you if you had lost to the Niners, um, you know, and, and, and been somewhat competitive or lost to the Cowboys and been somewhat competitive there, that happens. That's the ebb and the flow of the NFL season. You got killed in both games. I, and I think the 49ers was the death blow. Like, I don't think they've recovered from the Niner loss, by the way. But you had those two games where you weren't competitive and got smoked. And then you you go to Seattle, a game that was eminently winnable with their backup quarterback, and, they, and you lose. And then you survive the Giants, which should have been a blowout. Okay? And then you have this game. So it's like... I'm to believe that this is headed in the right path. Like I'm to believe all of a sudden, you, you know, uh, this Sunday or whenever the playoff game is played Saturday or Sunday, you're flipping a switch. There's Sorry. no reason to believe no. that this team is no. going to flip a switch in the playoffs. I'm not buying so it. It's not buying. They the, are who they, they, they are. are who they we are. think they are. Yeah. They, exactly. For a while we were in denial, right? We were, we were, we were to a degree in denial. Now we always had our eye like, Hey man, 
this doesn't look great, but they have, they have a knack for winning. Okay. And you have to give them props for that, right. but we're way past that at this point, way past it. Right. Right. So All right. You know, let's, uh, let, let's come let's back and break. let's dig in. And I, I'm, I'm going to forewarn you, man, the numbers are not pretty. We're going to get more. We're doing the defense first here, Tony. Uh, so they're they're gonna yeah, get let's, it. Let's, let's get to that. You know, it's, it's one off. thing when Tom Brady doesn't punt on you in a Super Bowl. That's the goat. It's another thing when this Arizona offense, you know, that's led by some dude named Dorch, uh, doesn't punt on you. So we will get into that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Eagles uh, defense, and then we'll do offense. We'll get into playoff scenarios, all those kind of things. All right, I want to tell you about Bravo Pizza Havertown. Been going there since I was a kid. Family owned since 1985. You get Alex and his great crew. They're there seven days a week, and they had the absolute best variety and food that you could possibly have. 20 different styles of pizza, slices to go, specialized pizza, however you like it, they'll make it for you. And they don't just do pizza. They have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. Bravo Pizza of Habertown is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, for schools, for little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Habertown. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center, Habertown. Give them a call. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Habertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, 
the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. We've changed uh, settings. Welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis, Tone to Shields, hanging out with you on this New Year's Day. And again, I hope everybody, wish everybody the best in, in 2024, man. Hope you have a great, great, great year. Uh, so, all right, Tone, let's set our sights. We're talking some Eagles here, and it was not a pretty way to close out 23, that's for sure. Uh, but let's turn our sights to the defense. Okay. 29 points allowed in the second half versus the Cardinals. Um, 22 points versus the Giants. So they've allowed 51 points in the second half the last two weeks. Outscored 30 to nothing uh, the last two weeks in the third quarter. Let's go to time of possession. Let's start with that one. Arizona held the ball for 39 minutes and 39 seconds compared to 20-21 for the Eagles. Tone, that is more than a full quarter. That is almost a quarter and, what, five minutes in which they held the ball longer than the Eagles did. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you ever need to look at an, you know, another stat, they just can't get off the field, man. And, again, the drives were 64, 59, 75, 77, 77, and 70 on the touchdowns and the field goals for them. And they scored on all four of their final drives to go along with no punts. This is the Arizona Cardinals that came in ranked in the bottom – bottom six, bottom seven in almost every meaningful defense, uh, offensive category. And we're supposed to believe that this team is going to go into the playoffs and just change or flip a switch, you know, based on everything you said, right? I mean, and, you know, this is me obviously being sarcastic, but you give up over 200 rushing yards on the ground, over 200 rushing yards, the most you've given up in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Time possess- they possessed the ball for basically two and a half quarters of that game. Correct. Two and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. The offense felt like it was never on the field in the first half, and you still somehow had 21 points. Right. And, and, and again, for the most part, offense took advantage of the opportunities that they barely were given. Yeah. For the most part. Right. Jalen Hurts was pretty much in control of the game. And then third quarter, third quarter comes and they can't get them off the field. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. But then you can't you can't punch back in that third quarter. Okay, fair enough. You get the ball 
and you can't close the game out. You can't trust this defense in those situations. Right. This defense has shown, like, there is a such thing as actually having real trust in something and then just having blind faith. Yeah. Nick Sirianni has this blind faith in this defense as if they've shown you week in and week out, you do not allow them to be the last group on the field. Yep. And when you do so, you run the risk of losing the game. Unless you're up by two scores, two or three scores in the final three minutes, you can't trust this defense to do anything in that you know in that span of time. And and let's be frank about this: there are two talented on a defensive line to allow an inferior Cardinals offensive line to push them off the ball the way they did. Right. They dominated them off. Um, they dominated them at the point of attack. But even beyond that, James Conner bullied anybody who came near him. Mm-hmm. Flat out bullied anybody. Yep. Who decided to put hands and feet on him? He beat you up. It's flat out. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we're supposed to just believe that, oh, okay, once you get into you know the playoffs, what, here, Tone, here, here's part of the everyone issue. is 0-0, and, and now your record doesn't matter. It's all about what you do that day. Well, I don't trust you on any given day. Well, it, it, part of it is he's living in the past. Um, what I mean by that is you see it on the offensive side of the ball. It's like, well, this worked last year. You throw it deep to AJ or whatever, or let's run Jalen, even though we know he's not fully healthy. But this worked last year, so it's got to work this year. We're going to impose our will. Guess what, man? It works on the other side of the ball, too. Your defense is nowhere near what it was last year. They had 70 sacks last year. You have 41 this year. They were a team that took the ball away at a high rate. You had a great plus-minus last year. You don't have any of that this year. So to have any – to go conservative like he did in that last drive after the onside kick is a joke because your defense wasn't stopping you and I in that game. All right? The two, 449 – to 275 total yards. You got outrushed 221 to 91. You allowed 221 on the ground. They give up, they give up 100 yards, you know, at, at, at the drop of a hat. Now, I'll, I'll give you a great Ruben Frank stat. Through week 10, the Eagles allowed 66 yards per game rushing, which was number one in football. They were the best team by far, and it wasn't even close. 3.7 yards per carry. Unbelievable. You know what they are since then? They give up a buck 53. They went from 66 to 153 per game on the ground and 4.8 yards per carry. How is that possible? Help me understand this, Rob, right? You're giving up nearly 100 more rushing yards in the span of a bye week. Right. How is that possible? That, that, that's not just rookie wall. That's not just fatigue. Right. That's, that's so many more issues, in my opinion. What's going on in the – in the uh, you know in the classroom, yeah, right. What's what? What are the assignments? What's going on with the with the discipline? And when you to go for again, if they went from giving up sixty six rushing yards, sixty five rushing yards a game to yep. sixty six to to one fifty three. How explain it? Can someone in the live chat explain that to me? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a couple things. One, um. A, the defensive line in general this season has played so far down from the talent that they have. Think about it, Tone. If you just look at the starters, you have a first-round pick. I'm going to call – well, technically Jordan uh, Jalen Carter didn't start yesterday. Jordan Davis did. Okay. Yeah. But you know what I'm talking about here with the rotation. You have a star, You have a number one pick with Carter. You have a number one pick with Jordan Davis. You have a number one pick with Fletcher Cox. These are all first-rounders. You have a guy that you uh, signed as a free agent in, in Hassan Reddick and paid a nice price for. 
You extended Sweat a couple of years ago and gave him a, you know, a nice salary. You have another number one pick in Nolan Smith. So my point is you've invested a lot in your defensive line. Like you, you, that's where you view winning games. If you're not going to pay attention to your linebackers, your front four better be great. They're killing you. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They, why? Why? There's a lot of different whys. I think you have guys who aren't playing as hard as they could play. Okay, let I me think. ask you this real quick. Do you, do, okay, let, let's kind of go down the list, right? Mm-hmm. We, I think we can agree from a defensive line standpoint, it can't be a talent issue. No, there's talent. It can't be. Okay, so it's not the talent, right? Okay, next. Is there an effort issue? I think in some cases, yes. Okay. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you who I think. I think Fletcher Cox has been really good all year. I think he's had an awesome year. I, I won Fletcher Cox back. I think he's yeah. been awesome. Uh, so I am not talking about Fletcher Cox. I think for the most part, Jalen Carter's been good. He's been certainly more quiet, and I do think he's he's tired a little bit. He's a rookie. I don't know what the, – there's no excuse for Jordan Davis. You're in your second year now. You know what an NFL season is. You know the, the rigors of it, how long it is, what you have to go through. You told us you were in shape. So I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear the rookie. And in fairness to him, he has come a long way. But – at this point in the season, to go from 65 rushing yards given up to over a hundred to over 150, yeah, 140, something's not something, something is off. Something's yeah. in the water, something's not being conveyed, somebody's not listening to some some you can't go in week in and week out and look at this issue with this talent on the defensive line and say, Okay, um, we have no answers. Well, you, you, so it, he- it, it, it makes no sense to me. Yeah, so a couple other couple other guys. Josh Sweat went on you know, last week when asked about his production, went on and on and on about how productive he is. He's not getting sacks, but he's you know he he's got he, he's the, he's rushed the best he's rushed all year. He haven't had sacks in six games. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't care. I I'm I'm happy you're getting close and you can impact the game that way. You're paid to get sacks and bring the guy down and tackle him. And there was an instance yesterday. I understand Kyler Murray is slippery, and he's a guy who can get out of jams and all that. You had him dead to rights. Do you remember yes. the play? Yes, okay. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And he breaks the, your tackle, you know, and escapes out. And I think it was the one that he throws to Connor, where Connor yeah, makes touchdown. a great one-handed one, catch. Yep, the okay. one-handed. Yep. So, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, you don't get the benefit of the doubt on that one. You have to bring that dude to the ground. He had been sacked in six games, sixteen times. Kyler Murray. So he's not impossible to bring down. So Josh Sweat hasn't done enough. Hassan Reddick's been good, I'd say, but not great. Um, he, has, he hasn't been that good in the run lately, obviously. No, but, but here's another thing, and this is also – this is where I'll, I'll, I'll lop coaching into this. You know, you realize you Hassan Reddick was dropped back seven times, which is a season high. Why in God's name is Hassan Reddick in coverage? He is not a coverage guy. That's why he wanted to get out of Arizona. Because right. he, 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 he wanted to be an edge guy. The very beginning of last year, if you remember, he wasn't that effective because they were still trying to figure out his role. When they finally came to the conclusion that let's just let this dude pin his ears back, you know, and do his thing. And he's, you know, he was fine against the run too last year, but he's not a guy who's good in coverage. Why is he in coverage? So I think it's players and it's coaching. I think that it's, it's really both sides of this thing are letting them down and coming up really small. Yeah, and Brandon yeah. Graham has been very quiet too. And, yeah. and, and Paul pointed that out. He's right. 
And look, I'm not against throwing a curveball hand there, right? I'm not yeah. against you dropping and them sometimes back stuff once, breaks down maybe. and you got to do it. I get it. Right, right. Yeah, sometimes, you know, it's a situation where, okay, we've been rushing them all day. Let's drop them, let's drop them back once or twice and try to force the quarterback to see something else. You know, I understand that. But when you drop them back seven times in a game, come on. And again, you see Matt Patricia doing all these random, you know, uh, John McMullen was talking about it last night. You see Big Nickel. Um, small dime, big dime, uh, small. Like you, you just, you just, they're they're so all over the place, and what they're asking these guys to do defensively. How can you expect them to get better at anything? You change the coordinator on them at a, with, the, with the weirdest time of the season, and you know there was a point in the game where the announcers were like, um, yeah, you know, since the change, you know, the defense has uh, been a little better in these areas. But then, luckily, they had some competency back there, and one of the guys said. That is true, but let's keep in mind, Giants-Cardinals, or Seahawks-Giants, rather, versus Cowboys-Niners. It's easy to it's, it's easy to look – it's easy for your numbers to look better when you're going up against those – when you're going up against, you know, that difference in talent, right? Yeah. So, in so many words, you know, demoting Sean Desai, what really did that show but a lack of stability, a lack of conviction? Um, hey, Goat. It, 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 it just it just showed the level of dysfunction in your building. You thought you you, you thought you were plugging a leak when in reality you done created so many more holes. Yeah, it, it looked desperate at the time. It looks more desperate now. Like I don't think the side was doing a good job, but look at what's happening under under Patricia. I mean, I'll, I'll just give you an example, Tone. I mean, we, I'll, I'm going to hit you with some more numbers. Yeah, well, I got some that's the thing, right? You know, I don't say this. Because I don't speak on Sean Desai's behalf because I feel like he was doing a great job. I don't yeah. believe he. I don't believe he was doing a great job at all. What I'm saying is, they this change proved nothing except for that the real culprit behind this defense and their deficiencies is obviously effort. But beyond that, um, Harry Roseman hasn't done hasn't done a good enough job in. Um, replenishing the talent lost. And right. that's the one thing that stands out. And they have no depth almost. So they, since Patricia took over, and look, it's a little bit unfair because he was really thrown into the fire in the Seattle week, but he's been the coordinator for three games. They have four sacks in those three games. I mean, it's not like all of a sudden you figured that part out. And let, so let's go back to yesterday. How about 19 first downs in the second half the Cardinals had? Just in the second half, they had 19 first downs. Um, total yards, 449 to 275. Total plays. Cardinals had, had 25 more total plays. 72 to 47 yesterday. Mm. Four drives that the Cardinals had that lasted more than five minutes. This isn't just taking the ball over at the five-yard line after a fumble and punching it in. This is like long methodical third down after third down after third down kind of conversion. They were patient and they beat their ass. Exactly. Simple exactly. as that. They took what was there. It didn't matter. They didn't punt, man. They didn't, they didn't punt, you know, mm. it's the ninth. So, so nine times this year, the Eagles have, um, have led by double digits. Listen to this one. So you've gotten a lead of double digits nine times this year. You realize they've lost three of those games being, being up by, by double digits. So your defense collapses as the day goes on, as the game goes on. You're not able to make adjustments in the second half. In fact, the other team totally out-adjusts you, and then it becomes scramble mode. And we kept saying, look, the offense is going to have to out is just going to have to outdo the defense. They're going to have to put up a lot of points. It's getting to the point now where your offense is going to have to get in the 40s. 
if, if the Cardinals are dropping 35 on you, you're going to have to get into the 40s now. That's too big an ask. Right. The Giants put up, what, 28? What was it? The Giants put up a – where is it? Whatever it was. I think it was tw- – yeah, 25. Like 25. Yeah. yeah. 25. Um, You gave up 25 points to the Giants, and you gave up 31, 35 points to the Cardinals. It, it's just not – look, it's not good enough. And that was a, a side of the ball where last year you were number one against the pass. You were really good in points allowed. You were number one in sacks. You were really good to, in takeaways. Like all, all the key metrics were there last year. You were good in the red zone, all that. We, you know, and and the, the point, one of the points too, should be as I say it myself, and I'm hearing myself say it. There is no comparison to last year. We have to stop doing that. These two teams are on different orbits. That team was a totally different team than this team. It's not even yeah, close. They're no, they're nowhere near the same team. They're no. not even being. I don't know if well, yeah, obviously they're not being coached the same, obviously. Um, and I just don't think – and I think Nick Sirianni shot his load. I'll be honest with you. And we're, and we're probably going to talk about this on the offensive side, but I think he shot yep. his load. Yep. I think I think, I think, think once the league caught up with, with, with whatever he had this team doing last year, he, had, he, 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 he has no answers or no adjustments to, to, you know, to elevate or evolve um, you know, you know what he asked this offense to do. I mean, I think he shot his load. I think yeah. his message is I, I think his message has grown stale. I think this team has figured him out and um, they've completely, completely checked out on whatever message he's selling. I believe that firmly. I do, too. Uh, let me sprinkle a, a bit of good news in here because we need it. Uh, Devontae Smith, who had the had the walking boot and the crutches last night. Uh, they believe it's only a mild ankle sprain, according to Ian Rappaport. He's going to have more tests today just to make sure, but there's positivity coming out of that. So uh, no, there, there ain't much, man. So I had to give you something, okay? So that's good. Um, and we're going to get into the play in which he got injured, which I'm, I'm still, like literally, I'm still angry about, okay? But, um, you know, he, he that's good, uh, thankfully, that, that it looks like Devontae's going to be okay. The other thing, Tony, it was, it was pretty underplayed in my opinion. You know, Avante Maddox is having testing for his left arm. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard he uh, had to get an X-ray last night or something. He like can't that, right? stay on the field, man. I, like he's a really good player. He can't stay on the field. You know, it's a problem. And I, how can you go into next year counting on him? Honestly, how can you go into next year counting on this defense in any capacity? I mean, I have a hard time believing um, how he's just going to flip this defense. Um, you know, in the next season or so, I, 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 I he's going to have to have a historic off season to get this defense back on track. You got to address linebacker. You got to address safety. You got to address corner. You got to address edge. He has to address the entire defense except for the D tackle spot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. I mean, you're back seven and you're really locked in with some salaries with the corners, with the older corners. You just, it's a bad spot, man. And it's, you know, the other thing is we may have seen the last home game for Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, you know, potentially Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson. That's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's a, that's a disappointing. That's, that's gravely disappointing if that's the case. Gravely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if it's a good, for it to end like that again, like I, if you're going out battling 
a, a, a real team and you lose. Yeah, we're all sitting here disappointed today. But, man, to lose to that team when you had that kind of lead, completely unacceptable. In fact, disgraceful. Just, just yes. unacceptable. Embarrassing, disgraceful, insult to injury. You lose to Jonathan Gannon, the guy we've been killing all offseason. Playing your worst football at the worst time of year on top of it. I mean, this is this is when you have to start ascending. And you you know you're you're crashing and yeah. burning. As- ascending or maintaining. Yeah, either right? one. If you were playing and at a high level, just keep it. Like the Ravens. I mean, they just the Ravens keep, are ascending, actually. They're just trucking people. I think I think the Ravens are ascending. Yeah. Um I think I think the uh, the Niners and the Cowboys are trying to maintain. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I would definitely say the Niners for sure. Cowboys got, the their, Bills got their are, legs under them a little bit with the win, even though it was controversial. I think the Bills are ascending. Um, oh, Bills are definitely ascending. The, the Rams, Lions, the Rams, even though they the, barely the Rams won yesterday, are ascending. The, Rams the Buccaneers are ascending. Are ascending. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I don't know the Lions. I feel like they're trying to maintain as well. But overall, the Philadelphia Eagles—they are—they are very easily and clearly descending. No they're doubt. declining every week. The message yeah. is getting stale more still every single week. And you're yeah. seeing, again, once again, and I know we're on the defense side, but and we're going to talk about this on the offense, but once again, quarterback draw, quarterback draw. Back-to-back. Bubble screen. Yep. Back-to-back. That's and they, the did, best. they went back-to-back in an earlier series, too, with the with – the, and, and can a word of advice for Jalen, not that he's listening to me, but, dude, stop with the cutback. Stop changing fields and trying to go backwards for seven yards. It It ain't there right now for you. Whether it's the knee or whatever, you know, Lamar Jackson can maybe pull that off. You can't right, right now. Yeah, so or at least take, they need take to the have two some... yard loss instead of making it a five yard, seven yard loss. Right. They just or or give him some kind of pass option outside of that. Like it, it's just it's it's almost like they just hitch their wagon to the quarterback draw, and then they just pray to God that when none of the none of the wheels fall off. And it's like yeah. you got to have some create. Like they, I felt like they were creative in some parts of that game. You know what I mean? Um, there was a play where the, they, the uh, fake tush push was created. The fake, the, the, yeah, the fake uh, brotherly shove with yeah. Kenny Gainwell passed. I'm like, okay, they're, like they're they're getting creative, they're getting confident, and then they just that's yeah, and that's revert. why yeah. I can't trust this coaching staff because right. they they string together this you know they, they string together these creative moments and they have these stretches where you think the offense is figuring it out and. All of a sudden, when it matters most, you resort to the most simplistic part of your playbook. And you and when it matters most, you know what they do? They say, okay, we can't figure it out. Let's just put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands. Right. And he does Herbie does something magical. Telling this stuff used to happen back in the day, right? So when Randall was here, Buddy Ryan ignored the offensive line too much. He didn't have you know the, the proper kind of weapons around him. And he had a great defense, right? So you know what he used to do? He would say, I'm not even kidding you. He would say to Randall, hey, man, go out and make me four or five plays. You make me four or five plays, the defense will do enough, we'll win the game. And and, and it would put this, this ridiculous burden on Randall Cunningham to go out there and, you know, perform magic tricks, right? It, it feels like that to me. It's like, you know, we, we can't really get that creative, but Jalen, go go figure it out. Like, no, man. You think Sean McVay would do that? Like, do, do, you, do you think Mike McDaniel is going to do that? Do you think the, uh, these other guys who have Zach Taylor, who have creative offenses, Ken are going Dorsey to do that? got fired for that? Ken Dorsey exactly. got fired because he kept putting his quarterback in situations where he had to be Superman. Exactly. And, and, and Brady and Joe Brady comes in and just dials it all back and say, "Look, 
we're going to play team football. You're talented, but we're not going to rely on your talent every single play to get us through. Mm-hmm. We got we, we got we got to play complimentary football. And this coaching staff, those final three plays just signify to me they have no creative juices, no creative juices, none. You, you know, we need to save this for the next segment. Yeah, let's 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 jump into it. Let, let's hit it. Let's come back and and we'll we're going to dig into the offensive side of this thing because there's a lot. There's a lot to dive into with that as well. We'll, we'll talk NFL later too, like we always do. We'll, we'll tell you what's going on. We'll look at the standings. We'll look at who needs to do what. You know, there, there's a lot of implications. There's still a lot on the line in this as we go into the last week. And by the way, we know the Eagles are going to play a 425 on on Sunday uh, in New York that or in North Jersey. We know that at least. So we'll dig into that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. He's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take on this uh, New Year's Day. All right. Uh, let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Because knowing who to trust with your finances is a challenge, and it's also incredibly important. And I found the right person, and I want you to have that right person as well. Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, uh, you know, you might have a small business. You're trying to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I personally have entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. 
You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We're back, Rob Ellis, Tony Shield, Sports Take on this New Year's Day, 2024. So, Tone, how was the uh, how was the weekend? Did you do any uh, any partying last night? What were the uh, festivities to ring in the new year? Oh man, um, the time off was definitely needed. Uh, just took time to relax, uh, watch some movies, um, play some games. Um, you know, just took it easy, man. You know, the, the older I get, the more boring I become, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, you know, at 29, you know, being, you know, you know, just turned 29. And yesterday. you had your birthday. You had your birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, uh, the wife decorated the house for me. Nice. Um, you know, uh, got me an ice cream cake, which I love. I prefer oh, yeah. ice cream cake over real cake any day of the week. Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, got, got got some of my favorite snacks and, and you know, in the crib. And, you know, I, I it, was, it was a great day, man. You know, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of my, my birthday personally. Okay. But. You know, all I, all I really look for on that day is just to, you know, have a peaceful day and not hear any, you know, not hear any bad news and just, you know, move on to the next year, man. Yeah. So um, everything worked out for the better. Family's good. Um, got a lot of love from friends and family, you know, for the birthday. So uh, overall, just a good weekend. Took it easy. Um, what, about, what about you? How did you spend the time off? Uh, what do we do? So, um Got to, we went out, uh, we grabbed some dinner one night, which was fun. Uh, we just kind of chilled a little bit. Um, you know, other than that, you know, just working and just kind of grinding a little bit, but not, not you know, non-stressful kind of stuff. It was good, man. It was pretty chill. It really was it, in a good way. So not a bad way at all. Man. All good. That's good. That's good. No are, complaints. Are the kids, on uh, are the kids still good. home? Still home from school. Yeah, man. Still driving me crazy, you know, uh, doing a lot of laundry and, and all that craziness. But yeah, it's all good. Uh, you love you. You love it, man. I you do. I'm going to be bummed out soon when they leave. I know. I know. Uh-huh. I like to complain. Uh, all right. So a couple things. Let's let's go offense here. And, uh, you know, they end up basically, I would say 24 of the points belong to the offense. And that maybe I'm being a little bit generous. You could maybe say 21, but you know, certainly seven of them. We should give Sidney Brown his props before we move on from the defense. Um, yeah, man. You know, that it, was a it, hell of a return. Oh my God. Him. What a return. Like he made two moves like in the middle of the field that were like running. I know his brothers are running back for the Bengals, but man, mm-hmm. he made two moves that you could see like this dude is an athlete, like really instinctive football plays that were just awesome it was the highlight of the end up being the highlight of the day for sure right it's, it's funny you know for some reason the moment he got his hands on that ball you can tell he knew exactly what he wanted to do with it yep you know you, he, you, you could just duck say, out of bounds no we know yeah. that about him man it seems it seemed like he was just waiting for that play 
like 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 he was just waiting for an opportunity to show how just how athletic he is. Yeah. And man, oh man, if that kid can figure it out, you know, stay healthy and continue to make plays. I mean, granted, it was a you know, it was a busted play by the by, by the Cardinals, but he took yeah, with total miscommunication. Yeah. Yeah, but but he took advantage of it and he turned it into, he, he turned it into some points. Right. Even more reason why the Philadelphia Eagles should have won this game. Um, you know, the offense outside of the first drive and the very last drive, I felt like for the most part, the offense was, you know, moving the ball pretty well. Uh, they were efficient in the red zone. Um, they converted third downs. They didn't have any opportunities. Okay, but, when they, yeah. but, but when they got them, I, I, I felt like for the most part, they were putting points up. Well, I mean, if you look at it, you know, Jalen didn't have a ton of passing yards. That's a byproduct of not having the ball a ton. But I thought he was pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, I had, he had the late interception on the very last play. But this yeah, was a game where, that. that's nonsense. So he didn't turn the ball over. Um, you got Goddard involved. Goddard had a nice game. One of his better games of the season. Um, you know, AJ and Devonte didn't have like eye popping kind of numbers, but they had pretty good numbers. So really, and you got, you got Julio Jones involved, uh, with right. two touchdowns. So, and Swift, I thought ran the ball. Well, I, I, I thought he was good on the ground. So right. it, it's really, I mean, if you look at it, your, your big guns, the guys who you want to get involved and want to see produce, you know, produced pretty well, uh, for the well, most part. Yeah. Yeah. The issue is situational football. And again, I, I'm I can't let it go, so I'm going back to it, Tone. So after the onside's kick, which the Eagles and the sequence is, it's hard to believe that the Gannon. I was like, what is he doing here? But um, so they after the Cardinals go down and score and make it 28-28 with 5:26 left, he goes for the onside's kick. The Eagles recover it. Okay, Eli Ricks recovered it. So then you taking the ball over at their 39, you got a really, uh, for once, you got a short field, which seems like it never happens with the Eagles defense creating a turnover, but you got it, you know, whatever. So, you know, you end up hitting AJ for, I think eight, he had like an 18 yarder or whatever. And yeah, com- converted that for, for uh, first down. Yeah. Down to the 20. Right. And then all of a sudden Swift gets no game, but there's a Milata hold which this kind of stuff has happened to him all year, shoot yourself in the foot kind of penalties, right? Remember the encroachment on sweat, uh, Kelsey's false start, which cost uh-huh. you. Like this stuff has happened all year, right? So you get the Milata hold. Swift doesn't go anywhere. All of a sudden it's first and 20. You're pushed back to the 30 now, okay? Then here we go. Back-to-back hurts keepers. First one gets you four. Second one loses you yards. But you're going nowhere is the point. So it, at that point, it's third and 20 from the 30. You use a timeout to, I guess, because it was total confusion. And let's face it, you needed to run a pretty decent play here. They got nervous, bro. Yeah. They got nervous. They they were playing not to lose instead of playing to win. Yes. You go out there, it's first and 20. That's not a death sentence. Yeah. You go out there, you run some plays. Maybe you get a seven-yard catch there, an eight-yard catch there. Next thing you know, you're back in business and you're third and manageable. Right, but it seems like they completely gave up on the idea or the notion of getting that first down. It seems like to me they made their mind up well before that they weren't going to try to get that touchdown. Yeah, and here's the, why: there's no way the the Cardinals should have touched that ball ever again. Tone, before you kick that field goal, the Cardinals had scored on their last three drives. Okay, they they absolutely had. They were they were just gutting you. They were doing whatever they want. Connor was running all over you. Uh, Dorch is catching passes, you know, Trey McBride, whatever. They're doing whatever they wanted to. 
you can't play a conservative there. I understand there's no guarantee you're picking up a 20-yard first down. I get it's a long shot. But I'm putting the ball in A.J., Devontae, Goddard, Swift's hands ahead of Gainwell. And I hate they just don't run good screens, man. They don't. And, and they don't want to get over it. Right. They don't they don't want to move on. Yeah. And that goes to that tells me that that right then and there tells me they have no creativity. They have no ingenuity in the building when it comes to that. It's been shown for three straight years under your under your watchful eye, Nick Sirianni, that you guys cannot execute screenplays. It's it's it's, it's clear. It's 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 not even a it's not even a question anymore. Mm-hmm. Yet he has not been able to um install any real blitz beaters in the you know in the game plan right you know when they ran that bubble screen they asked him about it he's talking about you know gaps and you know you know they you know they you know they sent everybody we want to get the ball out of our guys hand fast and mm-hmm. you know hopefully make a big play you know that was we were being aggressive how how your response to the blitz is a bubble screen every single time yeah teams literally know what's coming now yep like, yet you're still running the same plays. How can you be mad? It's lazy. It's, it's la- lazy and right. it lacks creativity. Right. And I said, and I said this, you know, when we were talking to uh, Davis and Girl, and I thought I said it, it comes off as laziness to me. Yep. And obviously, you know, you know, he covers a team. He doesn't want to put laziness on Nick Sirianni. Yeah, it's, look, lazy's a, a, a big time indictment. It is. Yeah. Right. Right. And I know, and I know that's not that's not what he wants to do. Right. But. Yep. That's why we're two different people, and I'm not a writer. Yeah. I can say that. Well, we have, we they, have different you know, positions. It's yeah, yeah, it it, 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 exactly. You know, and um, much respect to you know, much respect to you know to what he does. Um, yeah. I completely understand his position. Absolutely. But to me, what what's going on within the Philadelphia Eagles organization? It looks like laziness to me on the offensive side. It looks it, it looks like either laziness or incapability. Pick one, Nick Sirianni. You one of them. You got to be one of them. Mm-hmm. It's either you're incapable. Or you're too lazy to really do some real work with this talent. Pick one. It's or, one of the or, other. Robin or, and, and if this is the answer, it's absurd. But do you not trust your guys enough? Do you not trust AJ Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and Swift, who have shown you all year that they're trustworthy in those big spots? Look, he can say whatever he wants about playing aggressively. That they don't trust themselves. Ag- they don't trust well, themselves. Yeah, maybe. Or, or, or do you not trust your quarterback? But either way, um, you can spin it any way you want. It's a it's a play that lacks aggression. It's a passive kind of play, yeah. flat out. I mean, no other way to put it. Um, so that doesn't that doesn't go anywhere. They do kick the field goal that puts them up three, but then the Cardinals march right down the field and score, and you get it back with a little bit of time left, and you can't do anything right. And you're also out of timeouts at that point too. You couldn't I, even get the play in. Let, on let, third me, let me throw down, one more. Right? Tone, one more thing to throw in there from, from just a coaching standpoint, okay? So the Cardinals on that final drive, this this also drove me crazy. So the Cardinals on the final drive have it down. Um, they're all, it, it's, it's first and goal on the five, okay? Right. And there's 40-something left. I don't know, whatever it was. Don't you just let them score there? At that point. You, you could have saved yourself – I don't know, 15 seconds, which is a big deal in that situation. So you stuff Connor, and then they were trying to tackle Connor the other time, but he scores. It's just not – you're not thinking ahead, man. Like, I don't – he's asleep at the wheel this year. He's not – he's not – he's not thinking the game well enough. 
He's been, he's been riding the coattails of this talent. I, I, I believe that. No one can no one can convince me otherwise. That he's been riding the coattails of this talent over the past couple years, and um, now he's finally being exposed for it. It's real. It's it's you know we we know we our job is to kind of analyze this thing to the best of our ability, give our opinion, so on and so forth, right? And just and try to spin it as many ways as possible. Sometimes things don't even deserve to spin. Sometimes things are as clear as they are. Nick Sirianni's lost his locker room. They have no respect for him or what he's teaching. He has no answers for their issues, and he'll be fired within the next within the next within the next year and a half. Yeah, I'm willing, I mean, I'm, I, I'm willing it, to bet. I'm willing to bet on that. It doesn't look good. Uh, I can tell you that, and I can't. I can you imagine? You and I were sitting here last year at this time, mm-hmm. or after the Super Bowl ended. And I said to you, we're having it's even a question of whether or not he's going to be back. Like you would have thought this team was five and eleven instead of eleven and five, right? You would have thought this thing came off the rails like in an inexplicable way. Mm-hmm. But they're eleven and five, and we're having these conversations, and it's not crazy, and it's not it's not overblown hype and all this other stuff. It's not made up, you know, Skip Bayless fake crap. It's real. They're eleven and it's- five because of their talent. They're not eleven and five because of him at all. If Despite anything- him. Despite them, yeah, they're eleven and five. Dis- in spite of this dad, yeah, you know. So, you know, I look at these guys, and they don't have the answers. We don't have the answers. We're dying a slow death, Philadelphia, and um, I don't expect too much to change once the playoffs start. Uh, here's here's the other issue, Tom. So, the the organization defensively wants to be a team that doesn't give up big plays that you know, plays the sticks, keeps everything in front of you. That's what they wanted with Jim Schwartz. That's what they wanted with Jonathan Gannon. That's what they wanted with whoever they brought in. They brought in Desai. So that goes above even Nick, right? Mm -hmm. So ultimately, are you going to be able to bring somebody new in here, either to run the defense or the offense, or if you blow Nick out, whatever, any any of the the above, that's going to have their own voice? that's going to be able to do what they want to do, run what they want to run rather than be happy to have a job and do what the front office and Jeffrey Lurie and Howie want them to do. That's a major part of this too. Doug was a guy who was happy to get a gig and it worked out great. He won a Super Bowl. Nick was a guy that was happy to get a gig, took it to a Super Bowl last year. I'm not telling you their coaching hires have been bad, but what I'm telling you is taking this job comes with, uh, you know, a price. It's a, it's a, a a collaborative, um, Vision, and it's not just your vision that you have to have. And that you know, I hear people like I know I think people are half joking with this, but they're like, "Bring Bill Belichick here." You think Belichick <laughs> going to come here and listen to anybody else but Bill Belichick? Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah, the answer is no. Okay, so we that can, is hilarious. We can stop that right now. Right. Even we know they're being tongue in cheek, but the bottom line is this. W- w- we can complain about Nick Sirianni all we want, but do we really believe that the changes are going to come, you know, from the right people, you know, from the right places, right? Right. You have a quarterback at Jalen Hurts that you paid, that you're paying north of $50 million a year or two. Yep. And he's supposed to be your franchise at least for the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be. We're, go- we're-, we're getting dangerously close to the territory of wasting a guy's ability while he has it. Jalen Hurts' game right now is dual threat. He passes well. He runs well. 
And eventually I expect him to continue to transition into becoming more of uh, the stationary guy and relying less on athleticism as that begins to fail. Right. Cause that, that's just, that's just what naturally the way most, most quarterbacks go. Yeah. Right. That's just, that's just how it goes. Um, You can't waste time with Nick Sirianni's ineptness. You can't waste the opportunities that you have in front of you because Nick Sirianni can't do his job properly. The NFC is for the taking and will be until further notice. I mean, but these teams are getting better, yeah. right? The, the Rams are on a fast track to getting better. Um, the Lions look like they're going to be here to stay for a while. Yeah, I agree. The Cowboys, the Niners, Niners are old. Niners are. I mean, Trent Niners, Williams, but there's not. They're not a very old roster. Right. They're, right. They're not the oldest. So, if you ask me, right, the window was slowly closing for you to take advantage of an NFC that's pretty top heavy. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I think I think the Rams are going to be way better next year. Oh, I do too. I, I think, especially they have a good draft. McVay figured a lot out this past year, like mm-hmm. with Nakua and some other guys. Like he figured a lot out after the way it went the year before. You know, and they need Cup to stay healthy, which is a big if. But you know that, and they have a running back. Kyron Williams can run the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have, and he got hurt. I know, but they have some. They have some good players. Anyway, but you're right. And and what it also does is, and this is so hard to to just wrap your head around, man. But this is why you should have won it last year because mm-hmm. weird stuff happens the following year. We see it in every sport. There's there's no rhyme or reason sometimes, but you just don't have that same edge that you had the year before when you were in pursuit of that one. When you come back close too. Yeah, you don't come back the same way, man. You don't. It takes something out of you or something. I don't know. Whether it's a mental thing or a physical thing or whatever, to get that close and come up small. It's difficult to, it's difficult to overcome. We knew, we knew they were facing an uphill. See, here's the thing. We we knew in the off season that they were facing an uphill battle. We accepted that, but we believed more so in this team and their makeup rather than believing in trends or history, right? We thought that this team was built the right way to defy the odds or to to defy history. And every single week, every single game, it's been an uphill battle. It's been a struggle. And we've seen little by little how, how much of a toll trying to achieve what they're trying to achieve can take on the team. Mm -hmm. And, it, it makes it matter. It makes matters even worse when you when you realize you don't even have um, the staff or the personnel to really get where you got to go. You know, you you kind of fooled yourself all seasons into thinking that you were legitimate contenders. When in reality, they've been they've been they've been on borrowed time. They've been on borrowed time, and now eventually, eventually, everybody got paid a tab. Well, I, I, you know, I, I think the, one of the reasons, obviously, it was it was wishful thinking as well. But I think one of the reasons why we thought they could buck the trend was because they had such a great culture, be- because they had such great leadership. Because you know, if you thought about it, with the older guys like Lane and Kelsey and Fletcher and BG, and then the quarterback who's an old soul who's a leader, and and Nick in the front office, like you just felt like they were sort of immune to some of this stuff. I, you know what we're seeing? I don't know who it is exactly, man, but there, there, there are cracks. There are cracks in the foundation here, and there are guys that aren't happy. I mean, you have your star receiver isn't talking to the media because he doesn't want to rip the team and rip his coach. Yeah, that's a bad sign. Hurt says something pretty interesting in his press conference. Um, in so many words, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it right in front of me, but he basically was saying, you know, um, you know, 
my role is just to go out there and, ex- and execute, you know, what's what's being called. And, um, you know, I focus on what I can control. Mm-hmm. You know, my job is to control execution. Other than that, you know, I try to, you know, just play my role and do what I'm supposed to do. And for me, I took that as a guy that's not speaking up enough in these meetings with these coaches about what they're yeah. drawing up. Now, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm willing. I'm willing to put that on front street that I could be wrong. Maybe maybe Jalen Hurts is saying um, a lot in these meetings with the coaches or whatever, but the result has not changed in terms of what in terms of the product they're giving, in terms of the game plan or the play calling, however you want to slice it. So, yeah. how much is he really saying or sharing in these meetings? You know, a, 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 a guy who a guy who believes in structure, a guy who believes in keeping the main thing, the main thing, doing his job, a guy who's very singular, like Jalen Hurts, yep. who doesn't like to rock the boat, a guy who's very buttoned up and professional. I'm more likely to believe that he's in there not trying to rock the boat rather than I rocking. Shake it up. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I think what we're also seeing is Steichen may have been so phenomenal at his job that even though maybe what he was being presented with during the week, that scheme from Sirianni was just vanilla or not great. You know, you had people in the building that's desi- that's kind of yeah. like there. He could to coach like circles around it. Yeah, he could coach circles around it and make it sing, even though it wasn't that great. Right. How how often do you think, you know, uh, Nick Sirianni has something on the on the whiteboard and, and Shane was like, yeah, how about, how about how about we try this? Hey Nick, I like where I like where you're going, but how about we move yeah. this here? Yep. And we try this and all of a sudden, look what we have. We have a show. Yeah. And so, or, <laughs> you know and I mean? or he, he's putting together a game plan. And in Steichen's head, there's already 14 plays that are thrown out. I'm not even getting near that in ga- during game day. But I know X, Y, and Z will work. And I'm, I'm going to roll that way. The, the proof's in the pudding. Steichen's done an amazing job with not a lot. Um, so I don't right. think there's he any lost. He him. lost his starting quarterback. And he's somehow suddenly has Gardner Minshew and the Colts fighting to get into and, the playoffs. Yeah, with you know, with a really, you know, average weapon-wise uh, offense. Yes. I mean, yes, it's not special really. So I think there's that, and and tone for everybody who hated Gannon, uh, whatever you think about him, he was better than what they have now. He was better than the Patricia Desai combo meal combo platter that we've gotten. He was. So you took a hit on both ends, and you didn't upgrade or even stay afloat with either either position that you brought in. You know, right. and again, I'm not this is not me killing Brian Johnson because I think Brian Johnson may be handcuffed in some ways. I'm also not and letting that, him off the hook, but and that's and, and that's the part about this, and that's the part about this situation that makes it so much more frustrating. You have a hard time really pointing the finger at like, damn, is is Brian Johnson really the issue? Is Nick really the issue? Is Sean De- was Sean decide really the issue, or is this a or is this is this a for an office issue? And it has to be. They have a certain way that they want to go about things. Right. And it's and it's and it's um it's having an impact on the field and how they're producing. In my opinion, you wear a suit and tie every day, and you and, you know and you put and you know and you crunch numbers and sign checks. I don't I don't I don't need your opinion in, in, in any football related decisions in terms of what we're doing on the field. If you want to control the roster, all right, fine. But as far as what we're doing on the field and who's activated and who's not, I I don't believe any GM should have any control over who plays on any given day. Um. Coaches should have full control over who's playing on any given day because they're going to need they they know what they need to succeed. So, as much hell as I give Nick Sirianni, Harry Roseman got to wear this too. 
They all got they they all got to wear it. Hurts. Everybody has to wear it in some capacity. Yeah. Like I, I right. When we're, we're talking about, we're giving you certain names here. It doesn't mean the others are off the hook. It doesn't mean right, the others right. have done their job. They have. I mean, look, Jalen's turned the ball over a ton. It's been a turnover machine all year. Yeah, drop passes, you know, by guys that were uncharacteristic drops. Jalen, AJ, and Devontae all fumbled against the Cowboys. That's not on a coach. That's on you guys. You got to take uh-huh. care of the ball. So you, you don't get to this point where it's crumbled like this when if it, if it's just one thing. I don't think at least. I think exactly, exactly. You don't get to this point if it's just one thing or one person. Yeah. But if I had to give a line share of the blame, if I had to. I would have to give it to Nick Sirianni. Like, 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 if you had to give the lion's share to anybody, who would you give it to? It's Sirianni because, first of all, he he's scheming up the offense, but he's also he stepped away from play calling so he could be a guy. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Who is a CEO who's in charge of everything, who oversees everything. It's not like he doesn't have... He doesn't know what's going on defensively or wouldn't have mm-hmm. suggestions to, 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 to change the input of it. But I think more than anything else was we all we all bought into maybe he wasn't the greatest uh, X and O or OK, that's fine. Not everybody is, but he's a connector. Is he a connector? Are we sure about that now? It's so easy to, it's easy to connect when you're winning. Yeah. Like if that's not there, what are you exactly? You know, who are you? What's your identity if these guys aren't willing to go to the mat for you, because yeah, I, yeah. I didn't see a lot of mat guys yesterday. Exactly. What do you bring to the table that forces guys to go out on a limb for you? Like, if you, if you listen to his press conferences, none of them are really saying, "Hey, listen, we still believe in Nick." You know, you know, we trust, you know, we trust me. None of them are really going out on a limb for him. Right. If you really see, sometimes we focus so much on what they're saying, we need to focus on what they're not saying. And if you notice in most of these press conferences, they have not said you know you know you know they have not said that they believe in what they're doing they've not said they had full trust in this game plan they, they have not said that hey listen we got nick back you know we know he's been getting a lot of a lot a lot, a lot of flack but you know it's on us to do our job you know they've kind of been speaking independent of nick i i'm telling you he's lost his locker room and he's not going to get it back yeah i mean it's it, can, that's the big question like can you lose it and get it back like what what are the examples of that you know what I mean? It's like when that when that toothpaste is out of that mm. tube, man. Good luck. Good luck. Because you're not because, because exactly exactly because you're not going to change. You know what right. I'm saying? Like you're not right. going to you're not going to all of a sudden get smarter. You're not going to all of a sudden start understanding football better. You are who you are at this point. And can he can he write the write the ship in this short amount of time? I doubt it.
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It is a uh, it's an interesting quandary. All right, let's come back and we'll kind of lay out some scenarios here. Uh, we'll look at both conferences, the AFC and the NFC. When the you know with the how this sets up for the Eagles here, uh, what's the most that they what's the highest they could achieve here in terms of seeding and that kind of stuff. So we'll get into all of those scenarios when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tony Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right, let's talk about pro-action restoration. Yeah, the guys, um, one of the reasons why you've been seeing me at different locales other than the, uh, the studio is because I had a, a leak in my basement. And um, the, the guys have done an amazing job. Maybe tomorrow I'll, I'll do a little tour. I'll show you what they've done. But uh, great paint job, great job um, uh, with the drywall for the ceilings and all those kind of things. And uh, we're almost there. Not quite yet. Just got to put some carpet down. Uh, and then I'll get my studio back, but uh, they've done an awesome job. So uh, Pro Action Restoration is the place that you want to reach out to. Uh, if you have any issues with water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it, they can handle it. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. Uh, they are licensed, bonded, and fully insured, and they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, if it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760, or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust. Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game 
and the Sports Betting Show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Appreciate you hanging out with us. That's Tone to Shields. I am Rob Ellis on this New Year's Day. Again, hope everybody's having a great, great New Year's Day. Hope you get a chance to uh, have had a chance to relax. That's for sure. All right. Hey, so, Rob, let- a question before yeah. we get into the content, I got a question yes, for you. Uh, uh, do you and the family have any uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day uh, traditions that you guys like to hold up? So, my mom used to make sauerkraut. That was a thing. Like you do like sauerkraut and pork. It was supposed to be good luck. (laughs) She used to do that every year uh, on New Year's Day. And that Mm -hmm. was, uh, I'll never, I always remember that, but um, not really. You know, we we usually do. So, uh, you know, you catch, catch a glimpse. The tree's about to come down when the show's over. (laughs) Yeah. Our tree's coming out today too. (laughs) Yeah. So just to make a little bit more space. Plus, like I said, I'm I'm working with way less space because my whole basement's been just you know, out of commission. So everything's tight right now. So we're, we're looking mm-hmm. to take the tree down. So that's usually new year's day, take the tree down, relax. I usually, if I don't have to work, um, I get together with buddies and we watch some of the bowl games. Uh, generally okay. I can't do that today. It's yeah. Yeah. It's just not happening today, but that's something I always, uh, I always like to do, but that's about it. How about you? Um, like you, we take down the Christmas stuff. Uh, yeah. and it's so funny. You brought up the whole sauerkraut thing for like, good luck, you know, um, my wife grew up in the South. She's from Georgia. Um, and basically, I guess a Southern tradition yeah. is, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, it's black eyed peas. Okay. Um, I saw somebody talking about that in the timeline too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, black eyed peas, collard greens, um, some kind of like uh pork or Italian sausage or something like that. Pork butts. Um, I see Nathan saying pork. Yeah, butt. yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever your preferences, I guess. But pretty much, you know, greens, pretty much collard greens, and black eyed peas, and whatever protein you probably want to throw in there. Now, do you um, like that? Is that is that something you like? That was my first time having black eyed peas, and it was pretty good. Okay. I, I love yeah. I love I love collard greens and all that all that kind of stuff. But that was my first time having uh um black eyed peas, and it was it was it was pretty good. My wife made it. It was really really good. Um, oh, that's cool. So you know that's like a good like that's like a it's like a good luck thing as well, and also no cleaning on New Year's Day, right? No kind of cleaning or like, like we just we get did a day it all, off, just a complete day off. I, I, nice. I hear doing I hear doing any kind of cleaning on New Year's Day is bad luck as well. So oh, that's really? what I heard. That's, listen, my, my wife my wife isn't all that kind of yeah. Stuff, I don't so. know any of that stuff. Like all I know yeah. is like I was never a fan of sauerkraut, but so my my mom would make it. My mom my parents would eat. I'm like. No thanks, man. Just the smell of right, it. right. I was like black eyed peas. I don't know, babe. She's like, no, you're gonna try these black eyed peas. Although I will say this, uh, hot dogs cooked in sauerkraut are, are good. I think give a little yeah. taste. I don't mind yeah. that, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. That's cool. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I yeah for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm just trying to you know establish our own little traditions <laughs> here and there. So, yeah, that's what it's all about, man. That's what yeah. it's all, and, and it's the goofy ones that, that always are, are the most fun, right? Mm-hmm. Or the ones that you create that are that are on your own. 
That's for sure. All right. So uh, where we were with this. All right. So let me give you a couple updates. So the Eagles technically can still win the NFC East. They would have to beat the Giants. Yeah, I know. Nobody wants to hear it at this point, but it's true. Um, the Eagles would have to beat the Giants and the Cowboys would have to lose to the Commanders. And, you know, I, I, anybody's been paying attention to what's going on with the Commanders. It's been a total disaster. Um, they've lost, I believe, I want to say seven in a row. And the game is at home. It's it, the, the, the NFL does this stuff on purpose. So both teams have something to play for. So the Eagles and the Giants and the Commanders and the Cowboys, the both games are at 425 on Sunday. OK, so there is a sh- still a shot at the division, but and everything set up tone. You had Saturday night as much as it made us all sick to our stomachs. You, you rooted for. You know, the Cowboys to beat Detroit because it actually helped the Eagles in the standings, or at least to try to. I I, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I couldn't – I knew logically it was what was good for the Eagles, and, and when the game was over, it was like, okay. But it was really hard in-game to, in any way, shape, or form, feel good about the Cowboys doing something good, just 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 telling you the truth. So, uh, But that worked out for you Saturday. It, so you still went into this thing with a shot at the number one seed and certainly the division as well. But, all right, here's the way it looks right now. Let's start with the NFC in terms of the playoff picture. Mm-hmm. All right, number one, San Francisco clinched. It's done. Uh, they won yesterday with the Eagles' loss. Done deal. They have home field advantage. Uh, they're 12-4. and four. Cowboys won Saturday. Um, they win the tiebreaker over Detroit based on head-to-head win percentage because they beat them straight up. So the Cowboys and Detroit are both 11-5. and five. Cowboys are the two seed. Detroit's the three seed. They've already clinched the NFC North. Uh, Tampa Bay, eight and eight. They had a bad game yesterday. Ugh, they did not show up, but they win the tiebreaker over New Orleans based on best win percentage in common games. Okay. So they, okay. they, they hold that over them. I'll get to Tampa in a second. Then the Eagles are the five seed at 11 and five. The Rams have clinched a playoff spot. They're nine and seven right now. They're the sixth seed. Green Bay's the seventh seed. So if it ended right now, Green Bay's in because they win the tiebreaker over Seattle based on strength of victory. Uh, wins the tiebreaker over New Orleans best on wi- based on best win percentage in conference games. Mm. That would be Green Bay. Uh, Seattle wins the tiebreaker over New Orleans based on best win percentage in conference games. Anyway, so you still have New Orleans with life, Seattle with life. All right, so they're they're still in. Uh, Minnesota lost last night; they got trucked uh, by the Packers. So they're down to seven and nine at this point. Mm-hmm. Bears, believe it or not, are seven and nine. Atlanta seven and nine. So that that's where you are um, in the NFC. So you know you would figure San Fran rests everybody. You know the other problem the Eagles have is they play on arguably, and I don't know if there's much argument, the worst turf in football on Sunday at MetLife. You know, then you got to get through that nonsense too, with with nobody getting any an ounce of rest. So you just made your, you have made your life so much more difficult, man. It's incredible, isn't it? it it's actually, it's, you know, I guess it is incredible because ultimately, right? I didn't expect this team to look this bad in certain spots. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect them to really be this diminutive on offense and defense. I thought they would be better than what they are or somewhat more consistent. You know, I like I thought I would have a stronger sense of what this team is, and I really don't. 
the only thing I have a strong sense of is that this defense is awful, mm-hmm. awful, and they can get ran on by any team any day of the week. Doesn't matter if you, doesn't matter if you're the worst team or the best team. The Philadelphia Eagles defense can be had, and the only way they're going to win any games in the playoffs is if they outscore you. Don't think that defense is going to make a play, or don't think that defense is going to you know uh, get a key stop in the fourth quarter. Don't 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 bank on you guys. You better hope. The Philadelphia Eagles dominate time of possession in every single playoff game they play, Lord willing, because the defense is not going to be the reason they win. It, it's, it's, going to, it's going to be every reason they lose. Right. Um, and then offense, their room for error is so slim because the defense can't stop a nosebleed. Mm-hmm. So right now, the way the playoffs look, uh, they will be playing the Buccaneers in the first round. And like you said earlier, Jeffrey Lowry and those guys losing out on those home games. I know they are livid. Yeah. Livid. I agree. Uh, to answer uh, JT, I can't pull anybody up, but to answer his question, do I think the Eagles arrest the starter against the Giants? No, because there's still a chance that you could win the division. And you're playing at the same time the Cowboys are playing Washington. So I don't think so. I think you're going to see the starters go full bore. This could be a full bore game, plain and simple. The other thing is you got you got to hope you can get something out of this game. You know, you got to wash away the taste of that Cardinals game. I mean, I know that's less important than winning the division, obviously, but that's another mm-hmm. byproduct, an offshoot of it. You got to go out there and try and play good football, which they haven't been able to do or consistent football at all. Yeah, exactly. So that's the other um, part of it. Um, Eagles are five and a half point favorites at New at New York on Sunday. I'm I'm not I don't pay attention to any betting lines with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, none, none whatsoever. They can be had by anybody. They can. So, you know, when it comes to Philadelphia Eagles, why should I? Why should I sit here and lie and act like I have the most faith in this team right now? When, when, I, when in reality, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching that game yesterday, and I, I, I told myself they're not going to ruin my birthday. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to. I'm not going to let it happen, Rob. I'm just going <laughs> to take it easy. You know, the game almost felt like a blur. It almost felt like a dream, like it didn't really happen. That's yeah. how much I. That's how much I disconnected from it yesterday. Uh, yeah, like, it, it was one of those deals where you when you woke up this morning, if you were if you maybe went out and had a few, or stayed home and had a few, or mm-hmm. whatever, you're like, no, that really happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was. I woke up this morning. I was like, oh yeah. By the way, I got to talk about these losers this morning. That's right. Forgot about that. Oh my god, that's funny, man. Anyway, all right. So uh, let's go to the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what this thing's looking at here, because, uh, same deal with the 49ers, you had the, uh, the Ravens locking things up and they just blasted, uh, Miami yesterday, 56 spot they put up. Um, so they're 13 and three, they're the one seed. Then you have Miami at 11 and five, the two seed, the chiefs who got a much needed win against the Bengals yesterday, go to 10 and six Jacksonville, who got a win with CJ Beathard starting with Trevor Lawrence out goes to nine and seven Cleveland. Who's done an amazing job this year is 11 and five, but they're in second place in the North behind the Mm -hmm. Ravens. Um, So they're the five seed, the bills who have, have straightened their act out are 10 and six at this point. They're the sixth seed. Then Shane Steichen, who we talked about a little bit earlier has the Colts at nine and seven. If they, if it ended right now, they didn't have to play next week. They would be in Colts would be in, but you got a bunch of teams on their tail. You have uh, the Texans at nine and seven, you have the Steelers at nine and seven. So let me give you the tiebreakers here. So um, the Colts win the tiebreaker over the Steelers based on head-to-head win percentage. 
Division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate Houston. Indianapolis wins the tiebreaker over Houston based on head-to-head win percentage. So the Colts have the head-to-head on both of those teams. Okay. Mm. Um, then you go to Houston. They would win the tiebreaker over Pittsburgh based on head-to-head win percentage. So Houston's got the advantage just over Pittsburgh. Indianapolis has the advantage over Houston and Pittsburgh. Um, so so, if Steel- so Steelers lose. So so basically, what you're saying is the Steelers, Steelers lose. They're done. They're yeah, done. Yeah, 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 they're done. Um, basically, the Steelers need both Colts and Texans. Correct. Yeah, they need help. They need help. Yeah, they, it can't just be the Colts because if the Colts lose, Texans jump them. Right. And and even if Steelers win, they they put them in the eighth spot, I believe. Yeah the the so, one th- the the one thing that the Steelers accomplished yesterday for sure is the Tomlin again won't have a losing season. Right. The Jaguars are almost guaranteed a playoff spot because they won the tiebreaker over Indianapolis and Houston based on head-to-head win percentage. That's right. That's right. Yep. Even though the the Colts are right there in the right. in that division, the AFC South. But yeah, right. And uh, the Colts and the Texans win. play each other, so mm-hmm. they're going they're, they're going to one of those teams. Somebody's going to win or lose. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And even if it ends in a tie, it would still go to Jacksonville. And guess what? Here's another thing, right? I mean, this has kind of been like a a debate on the National Football Show that kind of came up sometime. Mm-hmm. When Doug took the Doug took the um Jaguar job, right? Jack. Yep. So, so far, Doug is on pace to win his second division title in two years. Yep. Right. Yep. And so far, Nick Sirianni, if if everything holds true, he would have only won his division in one out of the three years as the head coach. Mm-hmm. And Doug would have won his division two out of the three years. Right. But has not gotten to a Super Bowl. Right, but it's not got the Super Bowl. So, but again, you know, I mean, you're trying to turn around the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, I, I'm, you, know, you took over maybe took the over, biggest uh, disaster area. Yeah, we the, the biggest disaster in football, and you won. So far, he has. Because look, at the end of the day, if you ain't got Super Bowls, you know, to match it, okay, they're looking at division titles now. How productive are you in your division? And so far, if Doug keeps this thing going, he'll have two division wins. In two seasons, because uh, this is his third season as head coach or his second. I think it's his second. third. Season. I think. I thought, if, no, I think it's his second. I'm, didn't didn't Doug, Doug um Nick ha, Nixon is third. Nixon right? is Nixon, third. Nick's got one more than Doug, I believe. Okay. Remember, okay, yeah. Urban Meyer. No, you're right. You're right. You're was right. The same okay. year that 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 Nick was hired. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and and uh, he took that year off in twenty um. Peter, Doug, yeah, Doug, Doug, Doug took that year off. Year off in 2021. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so if everything holds true, he would have won the division two years in a row as the, uh, the That's head right. Coach. That's right. His only two years, he's won division titles. Correct. Yep. Right. In both years. And Nick Sirianni, in three years, he would have only won one. Not a good look, in my opinion. Um, well, I, know, I understand Nick made it to a Super Bowl, but you didn't win it. So it's almost, it's almost for naught. You know what it is, Tone. Perspective's everything. When you yeah. when you're in your first year and the team was bad the year before, and you take it over and you win nine games, get in the playoffs, even though you got smoked by Tampa, mm-hmm. that was a, that was a win. No, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, I'm yeah. saying, no, I'm was. saying. Just fast forward though. When you get to a Super Bowl and lose by three, and the next year you limp into the playoffs like they're limping in, and and mm-hmm. have as many issues as they have. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's timing. Timing in life's everything. Circumstances, yeah. everything. 
Yeah, you're right. Timing is everything. Circumstances is everything. Context is definitely everything. Yeah, big time. Um, but you know, you know, the further we get in time, the context always gets lost. Yep. And eventually, eventually, we're going to look back and say, "Hold on, wait." Doug, first two seasons in uh, in Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars, two division titles. Wow. Okay, like where were they before? You know, at least with the Eagles. Okay, they had that. They came off that bad year, but for the most part. You know, the Eagles have a, a, a tenured history of winning games and being relevant. Um, you know, it, it, it just it just speaks to the work Doug's really been putting in over there. And it makes me it makes me question, would Nick even survive a situation like Jacksonville? Would he be able to coach up his team enough through a turbulent situation, which so far he hasn't been able to do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it just, you know, it, again, man, um, it's a case study. It's something to watch. But. You know, it's uh, Nick Sirianni right now is a guy that I don't I don't see a future beyond a year and a half from now. It's amazing. It's amazing, man. They were in a Super Bowl. They went toe to toe with Reed and Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Up ten at the half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, stuff changes fast. Up ten at the half. Up up sixteen at the half. This is kind of a trend. Where you think I know, about it, right? You're right. Yeah, late kind of a late trend. second half collapses. Yep. Second half collapses uh, under under Nick Sirianni's uh, watchful eye. You've had. Second half collapses more times than you should have when you're yeah. up by double digits, and this team's too talented. It's an indictment on Nick Sirianni. It, it's a coaching it, thing. It, it has to be. You yeah. know, you, you don't you don't have an ability to close games. You don't have an ability to to, to know what to call or what to, or, or or what to do in these situations where things get a little things get a little hot. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, look, and, and that's and you look at other teams. There's no team in football this year that's been more injured. Than the Cleveland Browns, and Stefanski got them at eleven and five. You know, in a tougher conference, it, way tougher. And Joe Flacco looks like the, the the next coming of of Nick Foles, like he's just dealing right now. You know, that's why that's why you look at Nick Sirianni and say, "Hold on, wait." I see these teams who are dealing with way more issues, and you can't coach your way around these the ones you have in front of you. Yeah. And they're not even the most complex issues to me. Right. Um, you know, they're all within your control to a certain extent. You know, the, the Browns are dealing with the injuries and they lost quarterback at the quarterback. And somehow, some way they're finding ways to just lean on that running game and lean on that defense and make some timely play action plays like they're finding ways. Man, I'm looking I'm looking at Sean McVay doing the job he's doing. I'm looking at Ty Bowles doing the, doing the job he's doing um, in Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. um, keeping that team um, above water. Um, you know, I see what Dan Campbell's doing, you know. I, I, I see what um what's the guy um Zach Taylor is it Zach Taylor and it's Cincinnati in Cincinnati yeah very underrated coach by yeah that. very underrated coach I'm seeing a guy like I'm saying I'm saying guys really coach up players in moments of chaos and Nick Sirianni's failing to do that yeah I agree he's, I he's, agree he's failing in chaos and that's and that's how you judge a man don't judge a moment in times of peace right. judge a man in times of chaos he'll show you exactly who he is yeah yeah I mean you look you've seen you go to the AFC Stefanski D'Amico Ryan's Shane Steichen, you know, awesome jobs, all those guys. And I'm taking nothing away from John Harbaugh. I mean, to have the, the third, you know, 13 and three team, it's incredible. Uh, and then you go to the NFC. I would say I didn't like the way Dan Campbell handled Saturday night. I thought he was reckless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was he, he, that was that was a, that was a blight on him. Um, yeah, very reckless. But but nice job generally. Again, didn't love last night. How about Sean McVay, man? The, the Rams looked dead and buried. We were about to write them off that they were going nowhere, mm-hmm. no draft picks, all this other stuff. 
He's got him back in the playoffs. He flipped that script really quick after that one down year, and he's got him right back in. Uh, Isn't that crazy? Year. Yeah, he's done a he's done a heck of a job, man. He really has uh, with them. And, and you know, there, it's not that there haven't been others. I, I thought I think Matt Lafleur and Green Bay is doing a nice job. Like their future's bright. Jordan Love looks like he can really play, uh, and they have good young receivers there. They got to get some you know help defensively and some other things. But they're you know there are guys that have done really good jobs, and they've coached circles around Sirianni. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, absolutely. Um, so it's uh, it, it, there's look, there's a ton to to look at. Let's come back. We're gonna get into a bunch of things, including the the maniac owner of the Panthers. Did you see this one? Yeah, yo, is it true that he threw a, a beverage at a fan? Allegedly, and there's video of it. So we'll 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 dive into that. We'll look at a bunch of other things uh, when we come back. So don't go anywhere. He's Tony to Shields. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take uh, on this New Year's Day. All right, let me tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, they are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solution to any tree problem that you may face. So if you have any types of tree issues in your yard or your property, or they're just a quick phone call away. Uh, and they're experts trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848. Or uh, Flynn Tree Services online, flynntreeservices.com. That's flynntreeservices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, friends? Welcome back in. All right, so... Um, we mentioned this a little bit earlier for people who may not have been quite on yet. The good news is it looks like um, Devontae Smith's ankle is a mild ankle sprain. He was in a walking boot and on crutches last night. Uh, they are doing further testing to 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 make sure. But that's that's uh, best case with the way that thing looked when he got rolled up. That's for sure. Man, so uh, Brent, that's Bradley good. Chubb for ACL. Yeah, so Miami suffering another loss. So they they went into the game yesterday against the Ravens without Mostert, without Waddle, and then Chubb looks like he tore his knee, his ACL, and is done for the year. That's a that's a big blow, man. I don't, you know, I think Miami's been fun to watch, a good story. I really like the creativity of McDaniel. I'm glad that Tua got through the year. Uh, they're knock on wood. He's you know get through the rest of the year and then the playoffs without any kind of head issues I'm, I'm glad for that I just feel like when they go against like the heavy heavyweights uh, I don't think they're they're getting out of there I, I it feels like Baltimore beats them I actually think if the Bills met them in the playoffs the Bills would beat them uh at this point in time. so yeah I'll see what ends up happening I, Cleveland could be a tough one it's you know they get good play out of Flacco they're, they have such a good defense um they have you know, good weapons with, with tight end and Amari Cooper, and they're still running the ball well. Um, I don't, I am not a firm believer in a deep run for Miami this year. They lost Jalen Phillips too. They're they're one of their another one of their edge guys. They're pretty banged up. Look, right now, if everything holds up, Miami will face the Colts in the first round. They should win that game. I like right? them there. I do like them in that one. Yeah. Um, the Chiefs will face the Bills. I like the Bills in that matchup. That's and all. That would be. Would that be in? That would be in Kansas City. In KC, that being KC, yeah. yeah. And then the Jaguars face the Browns in Jacksonville. I like the Browns there. I like so the Browns. Then, yeah. So then, if so, if we expect the Bills and the Browns to beat the Jaguars and the Chiefs, that means the Bills will end up facing the Dolphins in the following round, which I believe the Bills would win that game, mm-hmm. and then the Browns would have to face the Ravens. And I have no idea who will win that game. Probably being honest. Yeah, no idea. We can very well have a Browns Bills AFC Championship. Right. We could have a Ravens Bills and AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. You know this thing. It's good. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be Love. fun on the AFC side for sure. 
Yeah, uh, no doubt. All right. Um, yeah. All right. So let, let's actually do that. Let's stay on that. Let, let's uh, I'll run through if the season ended now, uh, how it would play out, who would play who and, and all that stuff. All right. Mm-hmm. So uh, San Fran would get the bye. Dallas as the number two would get uh, Green Bay right now. That game would be in Dallas. Detroit in the three six would get the Rams, which is awesome because that's the whole Stafford Goff thing. Uh, they'd be playing each other. That game would be in Detroit, and the Eagles would go to Tampa. Okay, so you would go San Fran off Dallas hosting Green Bay, uh, Detroit hosting the Rams, the Eagles going to Tampa. That would be your matchups in the first round right now, the wild card division uh, around. All right, and then the Ravens would be off. Just to reiterate what Tone said, Miami would host the Colts. The Chiefs would host the Bills, and the Jags would host Cleveland. All right, so that's the way it would it would shake out. Even though you may be saying, "Wait, what do you mean? Jacksonville's nine and seven. Yeah, but they're the division winner, whereas the Browns are the second place team in their division. All right, so it makes sense. All right, that's what you would be looking at here. Um, so th- this guy's a total loose cannon tone, and I and I think he is starting to make his way up very quickly as uh, maybe the worst owner in the NFL now that Mm. Daniel Snyder has taken a step aside. David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers guy, was caught on video uh, during his his team's 26-0 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, apparently throwing a drink in the direction of a Jaguars fan from his open-air suite at Everbank Stadium. And the video has gone viral. Uh, it was the game was a disaster. the The incident appeared to happen about three minutes, about three minutes to play after an interception uh, was thrown by Bryce Young. So anyway, uh, that ends up happening. This guy's had a lot of issues, mm-hmm. a lot of issues um, since he's taken the team over. It's a hot mess. I mean, yeah. knee jerk reactions, firing Frank Reich. You know, it was it was just that organization is another one that's going nowhere fast. Um, I have a hard time seeing light in the tunnel into the tunnel for organization like that, especially led by a guy like that who's that volatile, that um emotional. It's not a good place to be. No, he's uh he's fired three head coaches in season since 2019. Three in season. You can't get anything done like that. No, let's, let's be honest. He's bounced Frank Reich. Uh, Matt Rule, I mean, th- th- he is just, he is a short trigger guy, man. And any th- any sign of anything, he jumps ship uh, and rolls them out of there. So, um, you know, the guy is just an absolute mess. And and again, he's, he's I think he's a little still under the radar because he hasn't owned the team all that long. All right, so a couple other things. Um, the Raiders were eliminated from playoff contention. They're officially done. No surprise there. Um, Jared Stidham got the start for the Broncos, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday he will get the start in the finale and Russell Wilson will be QB too. I don't think we did. Have we talked about this? I don't think we have yet. No, so, we really didn't get a chance to break this down. Right, this right. kind of happened over the weekend. Um, okay, let's get into it. Um, so Russell Wilson was informed that he was going to be the number two, um, this upcoming week. And basically the reason is. The Denver Broncos don't want to chance him getting hurt. It was beginning with yesterday's game and then fast forwarding to next week. They they don't want to take a chance that he gets hurt because if he does and he's he's injured on March 5th or whatever it is, he's guaranteed, uh, I think it was 39, I forget what, what the total number is, 
in 2025. If he gets hurt? If if he's hurt, yes. So oh. that's why they're doing it. Basically, um, he's still going to – I think he's still guaranteed 34. Next year kicks in the contract. It hasn't even started the contract extension right. that he signed right, when right. he went to Denver. Um, and they're willing to, I guess, bite the bullet on that one and have him walk, but they don't want to pay him for the following season. So this hmm. is turning out to be one of the a- absolutely worst trades and contracts ever handed down to somebody. They're, they're looking to get rid of him before he even gets into the first year of it. And 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 guaranteed 34-ish kind of million he's going to make. It's, it's unbelievable. You know, it's, it's remarkable that the Broncos even re- redeemed themselves the way they did. Yeah. Um, and then they slowly started to fall back, to, fall back down to earth. I don't know. I don't know what Russell Wilson brings to a situation at this point in his career um, besides um, the high-profile nature of who he is in his life and things like that. I mean, yeah, it's funny. It's funny how things just turn out, right? The Seahawks, they were looked at as being crazy for making the move they made, and they, 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 they hit on their draft picks, and now they're on a the fast track to you know, building a, a really solid roster. Um, they got Geno Smith as their bridge quarterback until the right quarterback, you know, falls to them. They're in a good situation. Meanwhile, the Broncos, they just have so much money tied up in so many different places. That's just not a good, they were recently, they were recently sold to the Walmart family. Right. That's so, um, and then, then you bring in Sean Payton in a trade. So you gave up assets to get assets to get him. And he wasn't a Russell guy, but he found a way to try to maximize Russell. And you heard about the turbulence between those guys. I just – I don't know where the Broncos go from here. They get the, – the, their entire situation is injury prone. Um, what impact can Sean Payton have in the long run? It all remains to be seen. Um, is, is Russell Wilson cooked? You know, it's, it's, it's so many questions, you know, stemming out of that situation. Oh, I guess. Here, here's my prediction. I would watch out for Russell Wilson going to the Steelers. Interesting. They're, uh, you know, Hmm. they're not an old team by any stretch, but it's a team that Hmm. still has Super Bowl aspirations. I mean, think about it. What are some of the other teams that make sense for him? I mean, if you're New Orleans – yeah, I don't think they need – No, they're, they're tied into the car thing. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of who else might. Uh, let me look at it. Let me look at it. All right. So I would say Pittsburgh is one. Could he go to the Raiders? I don't know. Raiders, I mean, yeah, Raiders. I think Raiders would be a possibility. Um, just, just, a, just a rocky situation. No, he, does, he, he doesn't have many options. I, it looks like it's looking more and more like Tampa's going to bring Baker back. So Tampa right. probably wouldn't be in the, in the mix. Right, uh, right. Atlanta? Minnesota? Minnesota, maybe? Minnesota, Atlanta, uh, Washington. Yeah, Atl- Atlanta's a possibility. Washington's a possibility. That's a good choice. You know, I just yeah. don't know. I just, I, I, just, I just have a hard time getting a beat on. You better really was. feel like you're close, you know? Yeah, like, like what's the – I just don't know what what uh, Russell Wilson brings to the table in a lot of these situations. That's going to be the that's going to be the you know the game changer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like any team taking because look, 
Denver's looking to get a return in somehow, some way. But they've also shown that they're willing to lose the money. They've already shown that. Yeah. So I don't know who's going to go out on a limb for Russell Wilson. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep your eye on it for sure. Speaking yeah. of Pittsburgh, uh, they're going to stay with Mason Rudolph, even though they pick it, they claim is healthy. He's played solid for them. Uh, way, certainly way better than Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not anything long term, but can he get you another win and you could, you know, get into the playoffs somehow? I think that's kind of what they're looking at here. Right. It also just signifies because they, they, they're very much alive, but it also just signifies the lack of trust in, in, in Kenny right now and Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I he's not going to beat look, man. He he they're going to let him ride out that rookie contract, but they're not picking up the option. He's going to walk in free agent. I, I agree with him. I, I think you watched last night's game. Um, Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings coach, chose to go with uh, Jaron Hall, the rookie over Nick Mullins. And I know Nick Mullins turns the ball over a ton. I probably would have gone Nick Mullins, and you you could see Hall was was just over his skis and over his head and over his head, man. Last night, um, but they're going to O'Connell hasn't made any decisions yet which way he's going to go. That that tells me he's probably going Mullins. I would if I had to guess, right? Uh, other funny, than that, it's funny how yeah. the Joshua Dobbs magic wore off really quickly, didn't it? Oh boy, did it ever? He it, it, that's one of those. If you're him, you you had a nice little two, three weeks, month. Now just continue to try to be a backup as long as you can and make nice money. I mean, that's I mean that's what he is, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. Make good money. You know, come in for a couple weeks in there. You know, if, if a team needs you to play two or three weeks, you know, can you go two and one? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's possible. Can you try water? You know, if they need you to come in for four games, can you go two and two? You know, that's, that's who he is. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and that's okay. It's a role for everybody in the NFL. But – Man, how many backup quarterbacks have we seen this far, man? All year, it's been, oh, it's, it's been, been tragic. Yeah, it's been too many, man. And if you look at it, um, just from well, let, let's take the teams that are still in playoff contention at least. Some of these have either locked it up or they're in playoff contention. All right, um, Jacksonville won yesterday with C.J. Beathard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleveland's on what, like their fourth starter now with Flacco. The Colts are on the on a backup quarterback. Um, Pittsburgh at this point, uh, Denver is now through other circumstances, not injury. Cincinnati is, uh, the Raiders are the jets are the Titans. It's been all over the place, but it looks like it's Will Levis's team now. Uh, Bailey Zappi starting in new England. NFC. Nothing. Well, Minnesota. Uh, Chicago Fields is back in the Atlanta is now with a backup in Heineke. Um, mm-hmm. the Giants are with uh, on a third string or second th- stringer, depending on how you look at it. The Cardinals now, Kyler Murray's back, and then the Panthers. So that's that's kind of where it is. How about insult to injury with the Panthers? Uh, yesterday losing yet again, David Tepper losing his mind. The problem is the, the more they lose the better it gets for Chicago, Chicago who traded with them. Well, Chicago's um, already locked up the number one seat. They like, I mean, right. I mean I'm, I'm sorry, the number one um, overall pick. They locked it up. So, mm-hmm. man, oh, man. <laughs> to go through all that losing and for not nothing, have anything to show for it. For nothing. And, and it'd be one thing if you went through all this losing and you said, the quarterback's great. He's got no help. 
Yeah, he's going to be good. Don't worry about it. You can't even tell with that situation. Mm. You can't yeah. even tell. I want to see Bryce Young with a real coach, you know, and a real offensive mind and a good I want to see him with I want to see him with the offensive line that can protect him. Yeah. Can can he get can he get quality protection above all else? You know, at least CJ Stroud has some decent protection, right? You know, yeah. he's got Larry, he's got Larry Tunsil out there. And I think uh, who else do they have at on the online? Do they have an offensive lineman named Dwayne Brown? I, Why do I, don't know. I think he's not? He's not there, I don't think. I, I, I could be I could be wrong. I think I'm wrong, actually. Yeah. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. though, Stroud has a pretty decent offensive line. Can we get yeah. can we can we at least see Bryce Young with a serviceable line? At uh, yeah, least? that that's too soon. It's it's looked horrible, but it's too soon. To, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not writing him off by any stretch. It's, it's just, it's not. It's just hard to judge a guy with no offensive line, um, no real weapons on offense. Um, what happened? What happened to Lavishka Chenault? You know, he was he was a guy that we thought was coming on with the Jags, right. and then he got moved. Um, you know, Adam Thielen is a shell of himself. He's older. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Who, who who do they have at tight end? The running back position has been underwhelming. You 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 dedicated all that money to Miles Sanders. The offensive line you haven't hit on your first round draft pick. Um, it's just it's just been it's just been a bad situation for the Carolina Panthers. No doubt, no doubt. All right, um, Baker Mayfield took a shot to the ribs from the Honey Badger. Uh, he is banged up. X rays were negative, so that's good. Um, but he's going to be sore um, for sure in this game. Um, but he's got a good shot to play in the game. So the way it works is if Tampa beats the Panthers, they win the South. They're in. So uh, they can they can lock that thing up. Um, they lost, Tampa did, to New Orleans 23-13. Mayfield was 22 of 33, 309 yards and two touchdowns. He did have two picks in the game too. Uh, a good year uh, to the point where he's played well enough and, and I think things have gone well team-wise enough for him to come back as the quarterback for them to sign him to anything long-term. Right. Uh, that begs the question, how much would you be willing to give a guy like Baker? Um, I'm not giving him anything beyond two years. Oh, um, for sure. I'm, I'm going like two, two years, 30 million total. Wow. 30 million total. Yeah. 15 a year. Ooh, that's kind of less. Nah, I think, I, I think that's low. I mean, I, the court, I mean, the quarterback market, these guys are getting 50, 55 million a year right now. Is, is there a huge market for him, though, at this point in his career? Where where do the Buccaneers go with the mid-round, first-round pick? Oh, yeah, that's the problem. I mean, look, that's why I think it's somewhere in some happy media. But you, you're thinking up, upwards of 20? He's going to – I think I think Baker has played himself into the 25 to 35 range. Okay. 25 wow. to 35 a year. Wow. Okay. All right. We'll see. That's I don't think for, that's, that's that. very cheap for a quarterback, believe it or not. Yeah. Very cheap. Yeah. And years are important for him. I, I don't want to give him a lot of years. Right. Uh, Sean Payton did confirm that Jared Stidham will go in week 18, too. He actually played pretty decent last week uh, at, when they made the move with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Puka needs 29 yards versus the 49ers to break um, the the NFL record. I mean, what a, first of all, what a year. What a year he said. Um, so he he right now, um, Puka does. He's got one thousand four hundred forty five receiving yards. 
All right. So what he needs is he's trying to break the record. It happened in 1960. Receiver Bill Grauman uh, for the Houston Oilers had 1,400 receiving yards, 63 years and many rule changes later. That's that's where things are mm-hmm. um, for him. So uh, he what what he's really kind of stepped in and been that Cooper Cup guy since Cup got injured. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know it, that could have really went south for the um, you know for the you know for the Rams, but they drafted well, they developed well, and they trusted the kid, and he came in and he made the most of his opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you you know the, the, you can't 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 be mad at that at all. Um, you know this has just been a hell of a year for a lot of wide receivers. I mean. You know, let's just call it what it is. You know, C.D. Oh, yeah. Lamb, Lamb had a you know had a career year, still has a game left, but having a career year and receptions, targets, yards, average per reception, touchdowns, mm-hmm. um, first down, like just, like just just an overall career year. Um, you know, he has twelve he has twelve touchdowns on the season if you can if you include his two rushing touchdowns. Right. Um. Just just had a, a tremendous having a tremendous year. These are true number one numbers. True number one numbers. I agree. Um. You know, AJ Brown having an amazing year at the receiver position. Um. You know, Tyree Hill, Puka, like we talked about, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Brandon Ayuk, DJ Moore, Mark Cooper. It's, it's just been a hell of a year for these wide receivers, man. Um. Uh. Just got to give credit to the Rams for drafting well. Nakua out of what BYU? BYU. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah, he's had an amazing year. Um, that's for sure. Especially considering considering Cup can't really stay on the field, you know. Um, all right. So elsewhere, Josh Allen, not the Bills quarterback, uh, but the edge rusher for the Jags. Right. You realize he's got 16 and a half sacks. He's nah. too shy of the franchise's record. He's had a heck of a year, man. Damn. He's really turned into that guy. You know, he, he's he's a phenomenal player, man. So. Yeah, right now on the season, uh, he's yeah, he's third in the league at 16 and a half. You know, this actually hasn't been a transcendent year from a sack perspective by anybody. The highest guy is 17 with T.J. Watt and Trey Hendrickson at 17. Um, Khalil Mack at 16. Daniel Hunter, 15 and a half. Miles Garrett, 14. Max Crosby, 13 and a half. Um, Michael Parsons, 13. Hassan Reddick with 11. You know, Danico Altry, 11 and a half. So, like, it's, I mean, it just hasn't typically, you always say that one year, whereas like one guy's is like 20 sacks. <laughs> like, you know, you, you, you see it, but, you know, kind of been a regression to the mean this season with everybody, yeah. the quarterbacks, um, edge rushers. But overall, man, um, I wonder if teams are blocking it up better. It's just one of those things. Yeah. I wonder what the reasoning is. That's a good question. I don't know. But one thing I will say is, uh, better make sure you got a better make sure you got a legit left tackle and right tackle in today's NFL. Uh, that's true. The, the, these edge rushes are multidimensional and they come at you from both sides. You, you know, just thinking, speaking of that, makes me think. Um, you know, like I said earlier, whether it's their last game at the link or they're just getting very close to it being it, you hate to see, you know, a guy like Kelsey or Lane Johnson or Fletcher Cox. Who, who are really still performing at a high level. Mm-hmm. You hate to see them, you know, just be wasted here in this situation where, I mean, let's, they're still playing at a high level and there are a lot of other people letting them down right now. So that, that part to me is a bummer that, that we may be seeing the end of these guys. 
Yeah, and Fletcher's playing at a level where he probably, he probably believes he has another year or two left. He's going to go to, especially if this situation doesn't have any light in the tunnel, he's going to go to a situation where he can get paid some good money. He's been mm-hmm. taking he's been taking less to stay here. Let's just make it clear. Um, yeah. And then Kelsey, he may just hang it up. I, it feels like that's going to happen. Feels like it. He just yeah. he just seems like a guy that's defeated right now. He's seen, yeah. He seems like he's reached that point of let's just get to the playoffs and see where this thing goes. Yeah, but, I yeah yeah. I, I, well, I, I see. Paul says I believe Kelsey Graham uh, will retire. The only thing is, and I know Brandon Graham hasn't done much this year. He's not playing as well as the other old guys. Now, he hasn't gotten as many opportunities either, in fairness mm-hmm. to Brandon Graham. But, but I think he's in his 14th year, and he wants to play 15 years. I kind of feel like the Eagles are going to be done. Don't you? Yeah. I, I yeah. hate I hate to say it, but I'm keeping he's it probably, he, He's earned a lot of equity with his organization. 100%. Um. I have a hard time seeing where he fits in going forward unless they just bring him in as a as a depth piece and just he's just here. I don't I just have a hard time seeing the 15th year play out in in its entirety. You know what I mean? He's been he's been healthy all year for the most part, but he hasn't he's only played 25, 20 percent of the snaps this year. So he's don't you I mean. He went from 11 to what this looks like this year. Is do you think he's a, a guy who's got a big market? No. Well, I'm pretty sure somebody will find him. A big market? No. No, well, no, well, I don't mean well, like a, I mean is there a market for him? Not 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 size. somebody somebody would bring him in for depth for, you know for depth purposes. Somebody yeah. would. I think somebody would. Um but at the same time you know, we'll see, man. The Eagles, they, they tend to do right by their veterans. They tend to do that. So, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see We'll see how this thing goes. Yeah. Jamal Agnew, uh, the kick returner for the Jags, is out for the rest of the year with a broken leg. That's a shame. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Damn. Yeah, that's a big loss um, to them. He's, he's right there with any kick returner in the league. He's that mm-hmm. good. So, that that is too bad. Um uh, beyond that, Mike McDonald uh, McDaniel said that he isn't worried one bit about the Dolphins. Thinks they're going to be fine. Um, yeah, you got to say that. All right, so we were talking about the the Eagles a little bit earlier. Is there anything that can happen in next week's game that would bring you back? And I don't mean all the way back. They're going to win the Super Bowl, but but give you enough going into the postseason where you're like, mm, okay. Okay. Is there anything they can do? Yeah, in other words, is there anything to do to convince you? Now, if, if they beat um, New York by 21 points, is there any is there any way that that plays out you're feeling confident again in this team? They would have to beat them by 100. <laughs> like, it's not, it's, there, there's nothing they can show me between now and next Sunday that they're ready for it. There's, there's nothing they can show me. I'm, there's nothing I'm, they can do, say. Yeah. Like, it's, there's nothing they can, that ship has sailed. They've missed. Uh, how many times can we say this team has not taken advantage of their opportunities? Right, you know when it's been given to you on a silver platter. There's nothing they can do to change my mind. They would have they they would have to find a way to dominate in the wild card, dominate in the division round, which I doubt. 
You know, it's, it's there's nothing this team can do to change how I feel about them today. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Uh, yeah, I would. Um, had they won yesterday, <clears throat> I, I would I would have given them somewhat of a benefit of the doubt. I would have said, hey, look, they won their last two. If they can handle their business against the, the Giants, right. maybe. But but that was it. I mean, I that was it. That was it for me. I I, yeah. I don't have faith. Yeah, I have no faith. Um, it, it, like we talked about this, right? Losing to the Cowboys and the Niners. All right, whatever. It happened. It happened. It is what it is. But if you come back and say, okay, if you come back and you you beat the Seahawks. You beat the Giants, you beat the Cardinals, you beat the Giants again. All right, you go into the playoffs at a four-game winning streak. You establish some level of confidence, some level of continuity, and we can roll with that. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I even said that from a competition standpoint, it's nothing they, it's nothing they could have proved to me a week ago or two weeks ago. Like, you lost the way you did to the um, Niners and the Cowboys. You lost the way you did. So, therefore, you missed your opportunity to prove that you are on the same level as those teams. All you can do at this point for me is is um, prove that you've got some confidence back on that side of the ball, um, some offensive continuity, you know, get some pacing together, all that kind of, you know, whatever it is, like from a execution standpoint, they could have proved they could have proven some things to me from an execution standpoint. Yeah. But as far as as far as just where they stand amongst the competition, there's nothing they could have done after the way they after the way they lost to the Cowboys. Yeah, that was um, it. And, and the Niners. So that was that was it for that. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I was just I was just hoping for some confidence boosters. I was hoping for, um, you know, these guys working out some kinks and just getting confident again, you know, and they can't they can't even maintain that. So um, nothing they can do, nothing they can do at any point to change how I feel about them. I'm yeah. on a week to week basis with them. Whatever happens in the playoffs, it happens. Where do you um, if they play Tampa in Tampa? What's your gut telling you right now? They got to dominate Tampa. They would have to. They, they would no, have to. You, not what, I mean, what, no, I'm saying in the playoffs. Do you think they they win that game? I don't know. I don't know either. I, 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 I would love. I would love to have a firm grip on who this team is. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea what this Philadelphia Eagles team is capable of at this point. And I wish somebody would try to pretend like they do. Yeah. They have no idea what this team is capable of, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And for me to go into the playoffs and think they're just they're just going to go into Tampa and beat um, the Buccaneers, they haven't proven anything to make me believe that they're capable of doing that. Okay, they beat the Buccaneers earlier in the season, but the Buccaneers were a different team. Everybody was a different team in week four, week five. Mm-hmm. It's nothing. I have I have no trust in anything that they're selling right now. Mm. None. Okay. Okay. Uh, All right. Let's get a timeout. Let's come back and we'll roll into the final segment. We will circle back to a bunch of Eagles things, a bunch of other things that we'll hit uh, along the way, give you an update on what's happening with the Flyers and the, and the Sixers and all that good stuff. So we've got a lot to do between now and two. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. Uh, We are Sports Take. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. 
go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Welcome back in, everybody. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Day, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Tony, I'm just thinking about this. I um, are you ready to handle potentially two weeks from now that the Eagle season is over? That's a tough. Yeah, yeah, I am actually. Are I'm, you? I'm, I'm very much ready for this all to be over. Oh man, <laughs> really? Not me, very man. much. Not me. Oh, as man. long as I can uh, ride it, let's ride it, man. You just that fed up just, with the way they played. I don't believe in them. And yeah. look, I would love. I would absolutely, I would absolutely love for the Philadelphia Eagles to um go against what I believe, right? I would love that. I'm an Eagles fan. 
I want them to win the Super Bowl. I want them to win every game, right? I want them to dominate. I, I would love for I would love for everything about how I feel to not hold true. Right. But they have not done anything to make me feel otherwise. So I just don't see I'm tr- I'm at a point now where I'm trusting what I'm saying now. I'm trusting that this defense just doesn't have it. Too too different too often, too many different situations, too many different running backs that run all over this team over the past several weeks. Mm-hmm. I can't have faith. They 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 lost to Drew Locke. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, on, lost man. To, they lost to a three and twelve Cardinals team. They lost they, to they, a Jets team that, that's you were getting garbage. torched by somebody named Dorch. You got dorched. You got dorched by you got torched yeah. by Dorched. Don't worry, Dorched, like. man. Yeah. Come on, man. Like so it's just like look, more football is always fun to watch. The further they go, the better it makes me feel about myself. But I feel like I'm kind of just why I feel like I'm low key winding myself up to be disappointed because I know they're not Super Bowl material. Yeah, it's, it's like like that's how I feel about it. I, I I feel like why wind myself up to you know to this point because it, 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 I don't yeah. think I, I don't think I, I don't think I express enough how much a football season takes on me physically and mentally. Yeah, uh, Chris and, checks in. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just and I, and I and I and I've I've told myself I will not care about this team for the remainder of the season. I've convinced yeah, but, myself of that. Okay. Will that apply though when they're playing either Sunday against the Giants or the next week against Tampa or whomever? I mean, of, of of course not. I mean, the, yeah. the, like the day the day of the game, I always say to myself, "Am I going? Am I going to watch this?" And then I and I'm like, "Of course I am." Okay. Of course I'm going to watch it. I'm an Eagles fan. Right. So yeah, every game I'm watching it. Like yeah, you know, I want them to I want them to win. You know, I'm criticizing, but I put it this way: there was a point yeah. in the season where there was a point in the season where I was sitting like. You know, elbows on knees, just, yeah. just locked in. You know yeah. what I mean? Barely going to the bathroom. You know, you know, you know, uh, you know, just trying to run, you know, rip and run and beat the commercial. Did you have a bucket next to you? What, you know? what was, <laughs> it depends. You wear your depends. What's going on? That's hilarious. Uh, um, but yeah, I, it's time. There was a point in the season where I was blocked in. I know. And I've slowly went from being hands on knees, just locked in to just lounging on the couch like this. Yep. This yeah. th- th- this is where I am with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just I just watch the games like this casually. You're now casual, yeah, chill, laid back. Just, yeah, I I, I I don't even react. The most excited I got yesterday was when I saw Sidney Brown make that play, and I was like, wow, Sydney, that was that's amazing. cool. That, that was, was cool. Like yeah. I just felt I, I was happy for him. You know what yeah. I mean? I was like I was like, wow, that, that's a, that's a cool moment. Um, what, than, one thing I'll give him, he 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 goes hard. Like he goes, goes hard. hard. He, goes he hard makes mistakes, paint. but he goes hard. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I can respect that. I can respect effort in, in yeah. any day of the week. Um, but yeah, I'm at a point now where, where I'm just, 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 just watching. Right. Okay. You know, if they win, if, if they win, thank God. Man, if that's they don't win. it. Should not be that way. All right, it, it, uh, it, sh- it shouldn't. It shouldn't. No. No. It shouldn't. But this is what they've done. I know. I get this it. Is what they, this is definitely this, this their. Yeah, it, it's a they issue. Yeah, uh, Christy, Robbie, the Eagle season will be over in two weeks. They will not be moving past the first round too many pundits demonstrate how unsound our scheming is on both sides of the ball no i let's how am i i'm not gonna argue with that i mean it, when you look at what we've seen please man they haven't given you anything to be like what can you hang your hat on to nothing what's right, their like, identity okay you asked me you asked me the question right um, am, am i gonna am i still bought into this thing basically yeah. what about you like what like what are they giving you to hang your hat on right nothing Nothing. I'm not bought in. I mean, I, I'll put it to you this way, Tone. 
usually when you, when you talk about, um, if you're asking for an identity of a team, it's usually a good one, right? You'd say, Hey, they throw the ball. Well, are they, they're really good against the run or they're, right, whatever. they're very physical, you know, all that kind of stuff. All the stuff that we, that you could say about them is bad. Mm-hmm. They turn the ball over a ton. Uh, they don't get off the field on third down. They that's the um, thing. Like their defense is so bad, they can't get off the field on third down against Drew Locke or um, a hobbled Kyler Murray who's coming off of ACL. Like they they can't do it against bad teams, right? So what happens when they play someone actually good that's competent that has Mm -hmm. a tried and true formula and system that know what that knows what they want to do. It's it's like how can I convince myself here that oh this team they they're gonna just have this moment where they just the light bulb goes off no they exact they are exactly who we think they are they are a bad football team and they're and and they're not led by the right people from a coaching standpoint no that's for sure man that, well that that they've proven um, boy it's gonna be interesting like can you how if you if you make moves on both the coordinators again, in other words, if you just say, "Look, uh, it didn't work with Matt Patricia. We're moving on. We're we're going to go clean slate defense. Uh, we're going to change things up on the offensive side just to get a new, a fresh feel to things." <clears throat> and and Sirianni's still standing. It's like that's a tough sell. It's a tough sell to the fans where you're saying to them, "Like, hey, look over there. No, look over there. Don't look at what's right in the middle." Don't look at the one thing that's the the constant. Look mm-hmm. at everything else, you know, over here, over there. Like that's really what it feels like if you end up doing that. And I think I think that I'm leaning more towards that's what happens more than Sirianni's out of here. That's just where I'm at. Like if I had to put if you had to put odds on his return in 2024, he'll be back. He'll be he'll be back in 2024. I think he'll be back, right. but. 2025, I don't think he will. Yeah. Because but that's assuming, see, and that's the thing. When you get when you go that far ahead, now you're assuming the team's gonna be bad in 2024. So like it gets a little tricky. Do I want him to get fired? No, because that means that Eagles are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. That see, that's that's the thing. That, I know you're the, not rooting against them because it means you're you the team is playing poorly again. That's the last thing you want. Exactly. That's the last thing I want. I want this team to succeed once again. Yeah. But do but do I if I if somebody's if somebody said, look, you gotta bet your you got to bet your life's saving. You got, you know, you you, you got to bet your nest egg on Nick Sirianni turning this thing around. Would you do it? No, I wouldn't. No, nor would I. Nor would I. I know. And it's God. Sports change so fast. Things can change so quickly, man. Not for long, league baby. But not yeah, for long, league. The NFL. It's the ultimate. All right. So let's catch up on a couple other things. The uh, the Sixers lost the other night what night was it saturday night to the bulls they are 22 and 10 they're the three seed right now tons of basketball to go obviously but just to put mm-hmm. it in perspective they're the they have the third best record in the east behind boston and milwaukee kind of like you know what you thought they were going to be but they've been a lot more fun like they've won seven of their last 10 um and hasn't played in in a few games with an ankle issue but he's just been Right now, he's the MVP of the league. Maxie's mm-hmm. been awesome. He dropped a 40 spot a couple of nights ago. Um, and they have what appear to be really good role players who understand, you know, what they're here for. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Sixers have been fun, actually, a lot of fun. Yeah, agreed. Um, they've been the bright spot of the city, along with the Flyers. Um, you know, Joel and B, uh, 
you know, my, my only concern with him is like, can he sustain his his impact while staying healthy? And I mean, he's been pretty healthy for the most part of the season. I think he he, he missed the Bulls, the Rockets game, and he missed and the, the Magic, the Magic, yeah, the Magic. And, and he missed Christmas against the yep. Heat. Four. So so he's missed the past four games. Um, I'm pretty sure they're probably just being mindful or extra cautious with him. Yeah, I'm I pretty sure. I, I'm I'm pretty sure he could play if if it really came down to it, but they want to be cautious. Um. And also, it's showing the amount of trust they have in Tyrese Maxey. I mean, so far, so far in his absence, they're two and two. Um, not bad. Um, they play the Bulls again uh, tomorrow. At yeah, at home. Yep. Uh, and and they haven't really won the. They lost last time they played Boston too. So so far, I think they're zero and two against Boston, right? Uh, I mean, I mean not no. Boston, well, Chicago. I'm sorry, Chicago. Yeah, I meant Chicago. Chicago. No, no, they're did they lose both? I think they. Yeah, they they, they, they did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Um, yep. So far, uh, they, this would be their final game played, and the Bulls have beat them both times. Hmm. Um, I don't think that's an indictment on them in the long term. Some some teams you just they just beat you. Plus, you were without Jordan B. So, um, I like I, I like what the Sixers are doing. I like that they're giving the keys to Tyrese Maxx and say, "Hey, listen, carry us while the big man's down." I like that. It's hmm. it, you know it's showing his ability to carry a team to lead. You know, timely buckets. Um, he's way more confident in everything he's doing. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of basketball to be played. You know, that's to say the least. No, no question. Um, give the Flyers a little love. They lost last night in Calgary, uh, but they played a lot of close games uh, lately, and they were on a, a pretty difficult West Coast swing, mm-hmm. um, which they're uh, coming off of. But they, you know, they're third, and they're in the Metropolitan. They're third. They're 19, 12, and five with 43 mm-hmm. points. So they, they've gotten off to a really good start as well, even though they dropped their last two. They're five, two, and three in their last 10. Going into, I think, last night's game, they had the best win percentage in the NHL since November 10th. Mm-hmm. So they have played very, very well. It's it's nice to have some options here if the Eagle season is cut short to, to you know, move off to these winter teams because they're both doing a good job. So yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Flyers are overachieving for sure. Um, and every time you play them, you know, there, there is always it's always a game you got to bring your A game. You know, they're they're always losing by one 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 goal or something. Like it's mm-hmm. always it's crazy. So, you know, you can't you, you can't just play the you know play the Flyers and think that they're just going to lay down. They're going to push you to the brink, and I and that's the one thing I respect about this team. All right, I want to circle back to the Eagles. I want to ask you about this because AJ Brown. We talked about it earlier, but he refused to speak again yesterday, and mm-hmm. I, I think we're both of the mindset that. Um, he, if he did speak, he would blast what's going on, whether it's play calling, preparation, scheme, whatever. So he's he's trying to not do that. He's trying not to make it worse. Um, right. But he is going to have to speak at some point. How how big are the fireworks going to be, man? Are the are these like? You know, big time, or they like little M eighties. You know, little, you know, little, <laughs> little, little, I like that little M eighties. That's hilarious. Little pops, <laughs> or are they, you know, like big time. Like, what do you, what do you think is coming from? Uh, I think, I think when he speaks, it's it's, it's going to be. I think he's going to handle himself like a professional. I think he will. Yeah. Um, but I'm surprised that he hasn't received any fines as of late about not speaking. I'm surprised. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Sure. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure what the protocol is on that. But, but. I thought he. Yeah, I initially thought that he would get fined, but I don't know. 
I don't know that. Yeah, he has and I'm not calling it. for it, by the way. Shoot, keep your money, yeah. player. I'm not. I'm not calling for it at all. But um, he is going to have to speak at some point. I'm pretty sure the Eagles PR people are like, listen, agent, you got to, you, you got to talk, man. You got to talk. Um, I, and it's so funny. We were all looking at, 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 at AJ Brown as like this, this problem child, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's looking like he, 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 he knew it all along. He knew, he, he knew that there were some limitations with this coaching staff. And he's like, listen, man, we, we, we 11 and five because of us, not because of them. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, look, <laughs> I can't imagine what he'll say, but I would like to think that he'll be a professional when it's time to speak. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, and, and let me ask you, too. There's been a lot of talk about how laid back Jalen is. You know, he's just he's quiet. You see him on the bench after after a series and he's just kind of to himself. He's not. He's not rah rahing guys. He's not getting an offensive lineman. Hey, either tell yeah. him. Great he does most of his talking pre pregame. Right. He, yeah. uh, he, he always has the pregame, like, you know, speech. He always does that. Yeah. Breaks um, him down or stuff. Breaks like him that. down. Yeah. Like he's, he's broke in that regard. But once the game starts, it's like, okay, everybody, y'all know what your job is. He expects everybody to do their job to the best of their ability. And he, he doesn't feel like he needs to micromanage that, um, which I respect. Um, yeah. But I, I it's a to, fine line. It's a fine line. Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you think he needs to change the approach a little bit now that things are kind of rocky and it doesn't, it feels like maybe there's a, a bit of a void there? Like, does yeah. he, does he need to be a little bit more vocal, a little congratulatory bit more... and or, hey, man, let's go. You, we got to pick it up here or, or like, or as opposed to just sort of unto himself. I think he definitely needs to be more hands on with what's going on out there. Yeah. And, and what I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, it's in terms of, you know, deciding what's going like, perfect example. You He knew those plays were coming up. Quarterback draw, quarterback draw, bubble screen. If I was him, I would have been like, I'm switching out of this. I'm not doing a quarterback draw back to back. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, so those are the moments where he needs to take the ball by the horns and say, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah. even when the time I got called, he walked back to the sideline frustrated, like, yo, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So those need to be the moments where he puts his foot down, where he clearly sees, nah, coach, we're not, we're not running that. We're not running it. Yeah. And, and every time you call it, I'm switching out of it. Like, so like it's, like, it's, it's something Aaron Rodgers would do. Exactly. You know, um, you know, it's something Tom Brady would do. Mm-hmm. You know, so granted, Tom Brady and Rodgers, they built up a lot of equity in, the, equity in the league. And I don't know if Jalen Hurts feels like he hasn't earned the equity to do it. I don't know what he feels, but I, Dog, dog, you're the franchise guy. You have a you have a say so in this thing. Mm-hmm. If you, it, I'm pretty sure if you went to Harry Roseman and he said, "Listen, Howie, you know me, you like this. I don't, I don't trust this guy." If I'm pretty sure, if Jalen Hurts was to put his foot down in any capacity, some things would change. But remember, I said it. I, I said it like he'd said in his press conference, you know. And again, I'm paraphrasing. He kind of he kind of speaks as if a guy who's just doing what he's told. It doesn't want to rock the boat, and does and it doesn't want to cause any more friction that already exists. Okay. Uh, another question off of that. Right. Obviously, he and Brian Johnson go way back, very close, back to his days as a kid in Texas. Yeah. Well, he ain't being invited to no things to give us no more after this season. Well, but here, yeah, right. So here's the question: If you were the Eagles. Do you take that relationship into account and maybe you're a little more hesitant to make a change there because of that? Or like for me, I would be like, hey, Jalen, 
We paid you a lot of money, but this isn't working. And we're making a move. We're going to be upfront with you about it, but it's it, we're change is coming here, and it's not going to. It, Brian's not going to be around. Like I'm sorry. I'm if he gets ticked off for a couple of days, let him get ticked off. So get over it. I, I'm still making yeah. that move. I can't let that here, dictate anything I'm doing. Absolutely. Um, emotions. I have no room for emotions right now. This would be the move where I'm putting somebody around him. And again, we don't know if the, if the Eagles are good to do this, but. I would put somebody around him that's going to hold him accountable and make him uncomfortable every day. And yes. what I mean by that is I want somebody that's going to challenge him every day. Somebody that's going to say, yo, that's, that's not, that's, that's not the way not that player's brand. Yeah. yeah. So there's, you know, like, you know, Jalen Hurts responds well to that. You can make an argument, the familiarity between him and Brian Johnson that worked against his nature rather than with who he was. Shane Steichen held Jalen Hurts accountable. Jalen spoke about it all the time how you know he's he 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 always spoke highly of Shane, um in every press conference um in, in you know in every game last year he spoke about Shane when he spoke about Nick, you know and he doesn't he doesn't speak about Nick the same way he spoke about Shane, so hurts they if they're, if they're gonna move well to answer your question firstly do I think they'll move on from Brian Johnson even even if it's against Jalen Hurts' wishes yeah they should. And they should put some. They should put somebody in there that's going to, you know, you know, bring the hammer down and say, "Look, my goal is to my goal is to maximize your skill set and get right. you as confident and and continue to develop develop you as much as I possibly can." I'm not here to be your friend. I'm not here to make you happy. I'm here to I'm here to I'm here to win games, mm-hmm. right? And the route that the Philadelphia Eagles go in hiring guys, I don't know if that's even going to be the case. You know, they like control. They like bringing in guys that have no experience. So they so they normally have a leg to stand on. That's just how they move. So it's hard for me to it's hard for me to think that they're going to make the move in the future. I would like to believe that they're going to put somebody more competent back there. But overall, um, they have a method to their madness. And I just it's, it's, it's just so hard to predict anything with this team right now. I, I think so, too. I, I. If I had to guess, they go full change on defense with the coordinator. Yes. I think Brian Johnson's out, by the way. I think he's out. I'm kind of 50-50 there. I mean, maybe I'm more that he's gone than I am that he stays. And I I think Nick – I'm going to say Nick stays, defense change – because remember, Brian Johnson. Nick, Nick, Nick keeps saying, you know, this, this is this is my offense. Don't don't put the heat on Brian. Yeah, yep, okay, totally. so somebody got to answer for this by the end of the season. Who? Right. You, you, you got to be Nick. Nick, Nick you want to be fired? Oh, okay, then who who's the issue, Brian? <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. I love the head scratch. Yeah, like come on, man. Like somebody got to answer for this defense being as a net. And here's the thing, right? These guys, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, DeAndre, uh, Devontae Smith, DeAndre Swift, career years. Careers all across the board. Uh, and we're talking about this offense as if they have no weapons. Yeah. That, that's what makes it more frustrating. They had all the talent in the world to beat anybody. Mm-hmm. But somehow, some way, this offensive coaching staff, they can't put the puzzle pieces together. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, there, there's just a disconnect somewhere. And it, they hadn't even, – even in the early part of the schedule when they were playing the lesser teams, there was no flow. This no wasn't flow. just when the gauntlet started. It wasn't just when they played Kansas City and and Dallas and you know Buffalo and everybody else. It it, it started way before that, where these guys, it, you know, couldn't put him or well, who, whoever it is, whether it's Nick or Brian Johnson, they didn't seem to be have the ability to put him in the best position to succeed. And that's mm-hmm. you know that's the ultimate showcase. Are are you getting the most out of this guy? 
No, you're not. You're clearly not. You have a stud offensive line, although they're not as great as they once were, but you still have a good defensive line. Or they're still good, line. though. They're still yeah, good. they are. You still have 2,000-yard receivers. You have a 1,000-yard running back. It, it, it should look better than this, period. And again, it wasn't it should, a terrible Sunday, but it should look better than this. That's why, that's why when you look at this team and the amount of money they put into that side of the ball, and, and they're not going to get likely a home playoff game, Jeffrey Laurie and Howard Roseman looking at it like something got to change, and yeah. it, and it's and it's going to change. They they they're losing money, they're losing money, and mm-hmm. these these corporations, these organizations do not like losing money, and they do not like looking like fools. And so far, that's been the case. Yeah, yeah, something's got to give, you, man. Something's going to give on our offensive side. I'm telling you, something's going to give. Yeah, and someone, if someone's going to be out of a job, just you watch because that's the biggest indictment, in my opinion. Again, at least we could say on the defense personnel. Yep. The biggest indictment is on the offense because no you doubt. have no excuse. There's there's way more talent on that side. And you have it. an offensive head coach. So someone's going to feel the wrath of this in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Bet your bottom yep. dollar on it. All right. That'll do it for us. We'll uh, continue to uh, to break it all down tomorrow. Uh, that is for sure. So don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show coming up with Dan Cilio. Tone will be a part of that. As well, I want to thank everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Appreciate you guys. And uh, and like I mentioned, uh, tomorrow, man, tomorrow we'll uh, we'll dive back into it. Look ahead to what's coming up here with the Giants and the postseason for sure, and continue to try to figure out what the heck has happened here with this Philadelphia Eagles team. All right, uh, Tone, have a great rest of your day, and and again, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2024 to you guys. Enjoy the rest of your New Year's Day. And uh, we're going to hang out with you same time, same channel tomorrow. So everybody have a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks.